0: Hello and good evening, everyone. Welcome to Popcast on the Rocks. This is episode 65. My name is John. I am joined once again by Andrea.
1: Hello, everybody.
0: And yeah, and for our video viewers, you can see we have two new guests, or one returning, that is Dustin. Welcome back.
2: Hello.
3: Thank you for having me back, even after I broke your heart, siding with Andrea on Star Wars.
1: (laughs) You're and, always uh, welcome. And- always welcome, Dustin.
0: <laughs> Bastards. All right. Um,
1: You've got another shot here with our next guest, John.
0: <laughs> yes, and we have a brand new guest, first time appearance. Shane, welcome to the show. Hello. <laughs> All right. So um, we are a podcast that talks about pop culture things that interest us um we're gonna go over our weeks we got some drink holidays um we'll see if anyone's participating in those and uh the big focus of the episode is going to be resident evil village so um we've all kind of finished this game at our different paces and times here some are some of us are more or less resident evil fans but we're gonna get a diverse take of of thoughts on resident Evil village it will be spoilery so if you haven't played Later will be a time to turn out tune out. So yeah. Um, all right. Andrea. The I get uh, called
1: on first. I get called on yeah, first. Yeah, I guess so. I mean <laughs> you're
0: on my screen on the, the left side there. So um how's your week been?
1: It's been good. It's been crazy busy. Uh not only did I marathon through uh the final leg of Resident Evil Village. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for for waiting for me to get through the gameplay to talk about it. Um, I love this game, and I love this game series, and I'm so excited to get to Village later on. Um, But between Marathon Gaming Sessions, I I also celebrated Chris's first Father's Day, um, and a day that also happened to fall on our seventh wedding anniversary. So it's kind of a big Sunday for us. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so he he got like a pretty typical new dad gift. I got him a, a new grill. So he's Ooh. very excited to pick that up. It's a combo gas grill and charcoal grill, because sometimes we like to go old school and Chris likes to to, you know, make fire as as you say. Um, I only use so charcoal. <laughs> that's it. We we do have a, like a just a charcoal grill, but it's like God, I want to say almost twelve years old now, and it's it's on its last legs, so to speak. So, um, I couldn't quite give up like the charcoal because I do love the taste of like a good charcoal grill, but I do recognize that sometimes it's nice to ask and just go quick. So, so yeah. Anyway, cool. uh, yeah, he got a new grill for Father's Day, and he also got fancy, fancy breakfast. Um, I feel like, you know, I'm a Stewart, but apparently this week my name should be Martha, not Andrea. Because, wow. y'all, wow. I made a frittata, <laughs> which I've never done before. I made pumpkin bread. I made scones from scratch. I learned how to, like, cut butter into pastry flour. Like, yeah, I right. muddled raspberries and mint and made, like, a raspberry mint punch. Like,
0: okay. dang.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know. I just feel like I really crushed it, so... Just had to I just had to be like really excited because it took me a long time and I was very proud of myself. So
0: work. Thank you. I mean, I feel like you guys do compete. I know Chris makes you breakfast for things. Is it like, you know, that it is that bugger made me this last time. I'm gonna one up him.
1: Right, exactly. Like he made me a Mother's Day breakfast. Like, you know, he made homemade waffles and he made mimosas and like he, he made like homemade syrup for the waffles and stuff like that. So, like, I had to like. That's chump s- stuff comparatively. Chump I didn't. Well, stuff. I know. I, 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 no, I thought I was just going to like barely level it up. And then suddenly I was like, oh my God. Like, I'm cutting, you know, these scones into triangles here and like folding the butter. Oh man, it was just crazy. Like I used our <laughs> muddler that had never been used before and was just like, I don't know. I thought it was just like a one step up. And apparently I raised the bar like 12 steps. So
0: <laughs> I, I like the energy about it. It's like, you know, if we were in our 20s. It's the same kind of vibe with like party stories. But you're like going scone, making. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> so I know I'm I'm truly adulting when I'm like yeah. my my eyes are bright and I'm like hand gesturing and I'm like. No, this is skulls. Yep. This isn't like my bar story. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, it was a, it was a good Sunday. It was very fun. Um, and then we did sneak in an episode of Loki, and I snuck in an episode of a show uh, that was recommended to me called Record of Ragnarok. And so far, I like it. It's fun. It's an anime, and it's kind of a cross between, right. like, celebrity deathmatch. And like the battle scene in Thor Ragnarok, so mm-hmm. if you if you kind of get your head around that, that's what that is. It's fun.
0: Awesome, yeah, yeah. I uh, Phil recommended that one to me as well, so I'll yeah, get there hopefully. So
1: yeah, he was well, very excited sounds... to start it, so I just felt like, all right, I'll check it out.
0: Yep. Well, that sounds like a fun week, good mm-hmm. time. How about uh new guest Shane? Uh, you have anything exciting happening this uh this last week? Um
4: oh. no. I am enjoying retired life.
0: Nice. What? Um, well, yeah. you must have got in a lot of like uh movies or television or something then.
4: Well, yeah. Um so we're my wife and I are watching. Um Emily, as you know, are watching Loki. And uh keeping up on that. Um <laughs> yeah other than that, um, I have been going through my old back catalog of uh um, steam indie games that I've bought over the years and never played mm-hmm. for whatever reason, and uh, trying to kill the time that way but um but yeah, you know, it's been nice out working in the yard, doing uh projects, being a new homeowner.
0: It's a new experience for me. So, yeah, always something to work on with a, with a house. Yeah. It seems. How
1: long have you been there?
4: We just got here in uh, Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and uh, oh, it was about six weeks ago. So, oh, we moved wow. In okay. On May, May, well, five weeks, I guess, May 14th. So, wow. It's our moving day. Yeah. So, it's a brand new home. Awesome. Brand new, brand in new as
1: in brand new or brand new to you? Brand new to us. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
4: Yeah. It was. Uh. I think. Um. Like somebody flipped it in like 2006 mm-hmm. or something. So it's 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 pretty like pretty well you know updated. But mm-hmm. I don't think anything else had been done since then because I think it was an okay. older couple or it was an older couple that were living here. So you know okay. we're we're now trying to like kind of honestly a lot of the work that needs to be done is outside. We just mm-hmm. like a nice out exterior space because we like to spend a lot of time in our backyard, and
5: sure. I
4: don't think it had seen a lot of love. So, removing large swaths of brush, which is fun because you know it's not easy
0: work, but yeah, well, I definitely get the uh, the so you're going through your indie game catalog. I definitely understand that. It seemed like a particularly a PC gamer issue. People like mm-hmm. jump on Steam, and it's just like in your face all the time. But all the the sales that are constantly happening, it's like, oh, this game is two dollars. Of course, you know, mm-hmm. this yeah. game is six dollars. Why not? So then it yeah, just I think therein
4: just lies the problem: up. is that they have a, a sale every. They they just figured it out. They figured out the psychology of gamers, right? Like you have a yep. sale every month. It doesn't even matter what it is. Like mm-hmm. whatever holiday it is, we're gonna make a sale of it. And then now you're just gonna like, oh, it's two dollars off. Let's buy it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yep i mean i and and new games coming all the time so it's easy to you know forget about one after a while mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah i'm guilty of it i should work on that i've i've going phases sometimes where i think okay i won't i'm not gonna buy any new games I'm not gonna buy any ones because i have so many already and right. it never lasts long so <laughs> yeah
4: well and they're not uh, all hits, you know like
0: of them
4: are misses. So you start playing them and you're like, this is crap for sure. Or, you know, whatever. Some.
0: Yep. Not your thing anyways. Not my thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Dustin, how about your week?
3: Uh, My week's been good. I celebrated my second ever father's day. We did some biking, which was great. finally, I mean, after a year of having a baby and can't go out on the bike it was awesome to get a carrier and strap her in there and go out it's basically like we can bike around it's great she loves it and then as soon as we take her out and like go to the playground and then try and put her back in then she's like no This isn't happening. So (laughs) we usually bike somewhere, and then I'm ending up holding her in one arm and holding the bike in the other arm and walking Mm. back to the house. So we'll get there. We'll someday get a full (laughs) trip in. But um, it was good to get out and Mm -hmm. realize that I've lost all the strength in my legs. So (laughs) that's good. And then I'm also carrying an extra 50 pounds behind my bike. So. Feel the burn right away. Well, you've but got
1: I, you've got all the strength in your arms now. You've got baby carrying arms.
3: That's true. Yeah, <laughs> basically, it's that's all I've got right now. Everything else is noodle muscles. So I hear but that. I offset all that exercise by eating two pounds of crab at Red Lobster with Woo. plenty of butter. So that's the purest nice. protein. Is
4: it <laughs> crab? It's well known.
2: Wow. Muscle building protein. Well,
4: now I'm
0: gonna go it's to the last what, velocity, it's a lot what more.
4: Aquaman ate so
0: the crab butter. Alan says, <laughs> "Yeah, the butter—that's the protein yeah. pack part." Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Next time, next time I see you, I want to see some like Jason Momoa like physique.
3: Well, the problem is I eat all those biscuits before the crab comes out.
1: Oh, uh, well,
3: who it doesn't? So good. Oh. Who doesn't? I swear, like, they take them out of the oven and then they dip them in just a vat of melted butter. Like, they have to because it's – there's something that's just so good about them when they come out. It's crack. Yeah. Oh, that. (laughs) They just sprinkle a little bit on there.
1: And
4: they're never Um, as good. Like, you bring them home with you, you, they're never never, as good the second day. I
3: know. That's what's the worst part is, like –
1: or like that grocery store mix that they try to sell you that's like, Cheddar Bay Biscuits, mm-hmm. just like Red Lobster. That's a lie. That is a <laughs> bald-faced lie.
3: Yeah, I just need to break into the back and see what they do to it before they bring it out because there's just got to be one step that they're not telling me. Hmm. But other than that, i uh, been watching Loki. I've actually been really enjoying it. I mean, only two episodes in, but I'm already like, I think this is going to be my favorite Series yet, so excited to see where that goes. Um, I'm a big Pixar and animation fan, so I watched Luca, which is Pixar's latest that came out. How's that? Um, I really enjoyed it. I know a lot of people are kind of giving it some guff because it doesn't really have like high stakes or like a crazy thing, but it kind of is just like a a fun coming of age story, and Mm -hmm. I love the art and the animation is so good. It kind of reminds me of some of the ARD studio art that did like grommet or Wallace and grommet and, mm. and things like that. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
3: But done with Pixar's level of detail, which is always insane. Um, so yeah. And then Marlo actually has been liking it. And so she's been wanting to like put it on. And we've been watching that a lot of times. So she'll always say, Gooka? Gooka? And I'm like, oh yeah, we'll put on some luka
0: Cute. So, nice.
3: It's been awesome. Um, yeah, and then just a busy week getting through the work week and working on a little Resident Evil animation, which we yeah. shall see in a short time.
0: Yes, but yeah, right. Without
5: it's good fun to make. Awesome.
0: Yeah. Um. I. It's it's fun that you're all watching Loki because we've talked about it before in the show how. I feel like with the state of streaming, um, our culture has lost a lot of um, water cooler moments, a lot of mm-hmm. community, a lot of some shared experience,
3: mm-hmm. um,
0: and seems like Marvel stuff at to this point is still yet one of the few things that enough people see. That you can kind of talk to everybody about it you know everything else there's so many shows so many movies that are exclusive to one streaming service or another and you don't you can talk you can go through a list i'm sure someone's done parody sketches of it before have you seen this you know Mm -hmm. oh no well how about this and you could just go through a dozen things and you have not seen anything in common so
3: Mm -hmm. yeah it's good i really enjoy that they've kind of gone back to the format of once a week
2: Yeah.
5: Because it
3: gives you something to look forward to during the week instead of just like, oh, I guess this weekend I'm gonna watch everything and then be done with it. Like Mm -hmm. And it was it was nice with the Mandalorian, but then it was also on Friday. And it's like everybody's already looking forward to Friday. So give me something in the middle of the week, which
1: well must have heard me. And and on a night when you don't have plans, like, you know, midweek you're usually at home. Mm-hmm. You know, you have time to like sit down and watch a show midweek, like Friday night. Like you could be going somewhere, and it's like, yeah, Mandalorian plans. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Uh,
0: well, for me, I mean, usually it's Star Wars. <laughs> I guess that's at this at this at this juncture in my life, it's like go to local bar and drink terrible beer or watch Mandalorian. It's probably the latter. So. <laughs>
3: Well, that first option didn't sound like a very good one
5: to yeah, no. go to against, against
2: <laughs>
3: Yeah. Uh, getting punched no. in the face or watching <laughs> Mandalorian?
1: Yeah. Boy, the choices. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, I've been uh, watching Loki as well, although I've only seen the first episode. Probably watch um, I don't know. We're just behind on television right now, I guess, mm-hmm. but uh, We'll definitely get there. Probably watch these two back to back, and otherwise, Rick and Morty premiered on Sunday, new season. So that was that was excellent. Mm-hmm. I am I continue to be uh, very happy with how they maintain the consistent quality over the seasons in that show. So see,
4: you're wearing your Nintendo 69
0: shirt in. Uh... <laughs> not quite Nope. yeah oh i see it's a four
4: yeah. it looks like a nine on my screen
0: i bet yeah. i <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yep <laughs> yep <laughs> um i am wearing this shirt for a reason it wasn't a rick and morty reference actually i didn't think of that <laughs> so um
4: worry, I yeah gotcha. and then
0: i what's that no i'm sorry go ahead and then I've been jumping around between a lot of different things, trying to figure out what game I want to play or whatever. And um, I kind of settled on Ratchet and Clank for right now, the new one. Um, I'll probably do a review of that at some point. Um, but it's a, it's a very good game.
2: Mm-hmm. Very
0: good game. I um, it's It feels so good. The weapons are so nice. I think it's the first game also I've played with ray tracing, like, on. So... It's just extra shiny. Nice. Yeah.
3: Yeah, the game looks gorgeous. Yeah, it does. Yes. And I love it when games can embrace like an art style, and they're not just trying to make the most realistic looking graphics possible. Like, yeah, that can look beautiful. But like the things that you can do with art direction, with all of that fancy stuff on, just always looks more interesting to the eye.
0: Yep. And it ages so much better. I mean, it's the reason Mm -hmm. Nintendo games, you can go back to them years and years ago and still enjoy them today. And it doesn't feel uh, doesn't feel weird or feel like you're missing something Mm
5: -hmm. because
0: there's a real art direction there. They're going for something else. You know, Breath of the Wild or the original Mario will be, you know, they're kind of timeless versus yeah. like The Last yeah. of Us, the first one, is still a great looking game, but they're talking about remaking it. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. after a little while, it will something will be off to people. The standard will be raised too high. And mm-hmm. it won't it won't sell the drama anymore the way it did originally. hmm So yeah.
3: It's crazy that they're remaking that one already. I
0: I hope it's a ways out.
1: It's the you Spider-Man know? of video games.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's not there yet <laughs> no. uh, i'm
1: calling it right now that's my early prediction
0: so what are they
4: just like updating the graphics on it for the next generation of consoles or something we don't
0: or? yeah we don't know it was like it's not it's not announced it was leaked so mm-hmm. it could they could decide to not do it or what oh, part of the the fauci emails that's what that was right <laughs> no Oh. uh <laughs> it uh, was um, Sony's making a push into television and movies, and uh, they want to have that that connection between their games and stuff. So the biggest fear for people is that they're going to remake it and remake it with the faces of the actors that are playing the roles in the movie. Oh. That's the biggest fear right now, mm-hmm. because then they'll release would we'll release the game around the and same time as The show with
4: Pascal, yeah,
0: yeah, because mm-hmm. that's who's I, playing it,
4: right? I got that right?
0: Yep, right. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were making a joke. All right. No, I can't imagine Mandalorian that's be the the right the the way they go. I I wouldn't think so, but so yeah, Belle Ramsey, she's from Game of Thrones, is the is Ellie. So hmm. yeah.
5: She was, reunion. Reunion.
0: she
4: was one of the Starks? No, she was the mm-hmm. little girl. Um, little she's the bear. We had a Morma. yeah, she was yeah. a Mora, oh, nice. Yeah, there you go,
0: there you go.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Great I just uh, in the box. <laughs> I just think Naughty Dog is very talented, and I don't want to see them go backwards. I want to see them keep making new things. So right. Yeah. Right, right,
4: yeah, that's kind of been their thing, right? Like they, I mean, they've always done either new, yeah, like properties or like up, you know, creating new games in a series where they're actually. Adding new things, making it worth playing the next iteration of a game. Like every single Uncharted game has, you know, brought something new to the franchise,
0: mm-hmm. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it gets more difficult when the budgets keep going up. Like, keep raising right. the budget on things to make it more realistic and more cinematic and everything. So then it's more difficult to take risks on a new thing. And I think. I think they still will. You know, we see that with Ghost of Tsushima, you know. They could have kept making you know uh what's what was their game um in in uh, uh the guy infamous powers. Yeah, they could have just kept pumping out infamous sequels, but they didn't. So same with Horizon or Killzone with Gorilla. So like they have, yeah, they have a history of allowing their their studios to do this. Um so, yeah, it's concerning to me when they're remaking a game that's already been like re HDified mm-hmm. not all that long ago.
5: Yeah.
0: So, I loved it so yep. much. I am excited that they're
4: remaking it.
3: How what? Dare you. Oh my <laughs> God.
4: Sorry. I'm sorry. Got to be okay, the I'll see. On this one. I
3: just feel like it's going to be, I'm afraid that it's going to turn into Conqueror's Bad for a day, which came out on the N64 was amazing, had great timing, super great jokes, and then they decided to remake it for like Xbox three sixty or something like that. And with updated graphics. But then like the game had to load all the cutscenes so like the timing for the jokes were off and it just like even though it was literally like just better graphics of the same game, like it just lost all of its charm. And I'm just afraid like if they fiddle with it too much, it's not going to be the last of us. It's going to be like the off Broadway production of the last of us or something like that. I don't know.
0: Well, that's the argument is that it's a masterpiece. So why it's yeah. kind of like when, you know, um, you know, they get done with the Harry Potter series and then all of a sudden there's some people talking about redoing it or Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. I remember that was going around. Yep. Oh, time to remake oh, yeah. it, Lord of the Rings. It's like, what are you talking he about? Just that. go watch Lord of the Rings, you idiots! Like, yeah. Just... I know you get fired up about the Lord of really the Rings. Yeah, I was gonna say Gollum
4: in the Fellowship. He just the it doesn't the CG does not stand up. You know, we gotta go back and redo
3: it. Yeah, I think he should be doesn't... played by uh, Gordon Ramsay or something this yeah. time around. <laughs> we'll just go. We'll just put a wow, we'll,
4: and we'll put a tauntaun in the background. Okay, and then, you know, it'll be like okay. a whole new movie.
1: Oh god, I can't hmm. hear this. Hmm.
3: <laughs> just start adding also and have like some terrible dancing, singing numbers with CGI monsters. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh god.
3: Yeah,
4: because that's what they did with the hey. Star Wars remakes, didn't they?
3: And then, they then right... and
4: they basically just dropped in C- like CG creatures. Like, hey, it's a yeah. new, it's like a
0: new movie. Oh, right... I think I know.
1: I think I know where Shane stands on the the first uh, Star Wars trilogy here.
0: Uh... Well, wow, this
1: is a on the original
0: he's talking
4: with what's your guess trilogy. i don't know
1: boo down
4: oh i like the first trilogy yeah oh okay i actually prefer it to the everything that all the garbage that came after it Ooh.
1: wait wait one through three.
4: Oh, like phantom menace pre- no you're talking about the prequel trilogy? yeah no
1: okay yes. okay yes yeah sorry but, when i say when i say first i mean chronological first
4: Oh, I see. In that instance. No. Mid- no. They lost me at the midichlorians. I ugh, forget it. Yeah, I kind of wiped that out of my memory. Yeah. It's not, I never uh, understood why
0: that's such a big deal, the midichlorian part. Like, why is that such a sticking point? It's not. I mean, it just
4: clearly wasn't something that had been written into the concept of the Jedi in the original trilogy. Like,
0: yeah.
4: it, it seemed a little ham-fisted.
0: It demystifies know anything? So. You, well, right, that's, that's the thing I don't I mean, it's not so much the itself themselves. It's the demystification. But when you're right. going to go back and show the Jedi Order in, at their prime or something, you're kind of going to demystify the Jedi. You're going to see mm-hmm. where they're trained and how they're trained and what they're taught and all this stuff that before you just have...
1: But we, like, didn't, bed. though. We, like, didn't, though. I mean, we we got, like, hints of, like, we're going to be trained, you know, like, I will train him and stuff like that. But then we never, like, it's not like we went into Jedi school and saw, like, Anakin bringing in, like, his... We see
0: with the masks on and the, you know... Yeah, yeah but, like, for, like, five fine. seconds, was it
1: wasn't, like, a day in the life of and, like, you know, it's, oh, it's recess time now or, you know, yeah. like, somebody's, like, bringing their brown bag lunch to, you know, Jedi yeah. Academy. Well, that's it in didn't the books that they
0: wiped out of existence, so... Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, I I I just
3: didn't want any of the they didn't have any of the tropes where like the new talented kid comes into school and makes friends with the underdogs, but then there's like the mean kid and really powerful. I was fine with all the other stuff. Just the Mimic explanation was a little bit McClunky.
1: Yeah.
5: Yeah.
0: Yep. Yep. Um, Hey, I mean, sorry, I, ultimately... I derailed us
1: with Star Wars this time, John.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, All right, we're gonna we'll we'll move on. We'll move on. <laughs> Again, we could do. Are you afraid? Are you afraid, are you afraid
1: to ask? James. Thanks, Alan <laughs> got
0: it. McClunky.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's great.
4: Sorry, what was Hello? your question? Did you ask a question?
1: No, the lock, I was, was saying. The one who John... derailed us? Yeah. Sorry. No, no, I was the one who derailed us, and I was saying that John is afraid to ask his question about Star Wars.
0: I don't remember what it was. No, I don't know. <laughs> no, it's ask the John. question.
1: It's the question. It's oh, oh. really dodging.
0: <laughs> um. Okay. No, it's uh, so. In fairness, <laughs> Dustin did a very good job, uh, and yes. I am not mad. I am not mad. <laughs> he repeats it to himself
1: six times i
0: i completely accept um someone doing either path at this point now so (laughs) i've you know i've become less toxic in one way so
2: all right um
0: jane what do you think
2: Mm -hmm. is,
0: is the proper way or the way that you would watch through all of the star wars movies so if you're going to have a child that's never seen star wars and you want to have them experience what star wars is how do you have them watch that content and that can include the animated stuff anything canon or or not like however you would introduce them so would you start like
1: the way that star Wars was released chronologically or like chronologically, like one, two, three, four, you know, fitting the animated right. series, you know, however you do right. that.
4: Well, I don't know. I think part of the um wonder of star Wars is sort of like the, not necessarily the, the canonical timeline. I think watching it from where it, it's inception, right. The, the, brainchild of george lucas in the 70s or 60s or whatever like i think that that's part of it you know so I, I would say probably starting with the original series is where i would recommend if nobody if somebody had not seen it or had sure. any idea what star wars was start with a new hope and then work work from there and then just watch how it's progressed and changed over time and like get get a maybe a semblance of the experience of like what these movies were like in the context of the time. Like, I think if you can, sure. Like, you know, those the the original three movies might seem a little dated, especially if you watch the actual original cuts, not mm-hmm. the CG enhanced re-releases. But, um, right. You know, if if you understand like this was state of the art at the time, and kind of sort of watch it with that mindset, I think it adds a deeper element to, to kind of that. Like I said, the wonder of sort of the the series. And then I sort of feel like it was after that, it just sort of felt like I, I personally love the, the original movie. So number four, I guess, in, in Canon, uh, timeline. And then I, I remember watching all three of them pretty within pretty close succession of each other. And I felt like empire strikes back and, uh, return of the Jedi were, uh, didn't either of them didn't they felt like one movie to me they didn't feel like two separate movies like it feels like you have to watch oh sure the second one or sorry empire and then immediately watch return of the jedi because like the end of empire is like a huge cliffhanger it's like you know luke finds out that vader is his dad and Han is in you know carbonite and where what's going to happen next like it's just a huge cliffhanger whereas the Mm -hmm. original movie has an end point it has a beginning a middle and an end and it's a complete movie in my mind it's a complete narrative so i always i always love that and then Mm -hmm. from then it's always been like we're gonna do three movies so you're building an overarching three movie narrative right a six hour narrative as opposed to one two hour hour and a 90 minute narrative that that you encapsulate in one viewing session or whatever so and that just kind of feels to me not to get too long-winded here but that to me sort of feels like the tendency with all a lot of i should say all but a lot of tv and movies is that like Mm -hmm. everything now it feels like it's being made to to capitalize on its potential success like
2: Mm -hmm. how can
4: if this is blows up how can we how can we create as many tangential series and whatever, from this one property. And to me, it just sort of like, it really hamstrings the, uh, the ability for something that's new, like a new property to feel complete or to really like Mm
1: -hmm.
4: get me to feel something or be really engaged with it.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. You feel like you can't let it go because there's always something coming. Yeah. Yeah.
4: I felt that same way. I don't want to get again too off track here, but I I think there's been a lot of things that have come out, obviously since Star, the original Star Wars, that do do that very successfully. And then you can see them, you can see, you know, with successive seasons of shows coming out or sequels of movies coming out. Like it's almost like you can see the dollar signs in producers' eyes, you know, because it's like. You know, watching the original season of Westworld was like another one of those really awesome experiences that I'll probably never forget. And I always like, I'll always tell people watch that first season. And I watched the other seasons; they were great, but like, it just didn't. It wasn't the same. Like, Mm because it just felt like, how much can we keep pumping out of this story with these characters? Yeah, there's also
3: there's some weird potential that you get where it's like, there's the people who. Build a movie, like you said, like basing it on the idea that, okay, people are gonna love this and we need to be ready to keep giving them more. So let's like plan out three movies or so and then you can't do justice to the first movie and then you get, you know, the Avatar movie by Shamalama Ding Dong or whatever, and it just ends and then disappears off the face of the earth. And that movie was awful. I didn't wanna see any more of that, but that was kind of like they thought it was going to be something so much more. And then mm-hmm. just, like screwed over the movie that they were making because of that. And then you've got the fast and furious where like each one of those is a contained movie, but man, they just keep kicking those things out. So it, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Like yeah. you can, you can still just do a single good movie.
4: I think and another good example is the, the alien, the alien franchise. Like that was something where it was like the original movie was its own thing. And it's like, it's like, to me, it's a timeless classic, it's a sci-fi mm-hmm. horror type movie. Yep. And mm-hmm. then like, and then you had a, alien, what, what was the second one called? Was it called aliens?
1: Aliens. And then there was, yeah. and then yeah.
4: it was alien three. Yes. Yep. Not aliens three anyways no, was, um yeah. but like you, you could tell that it was like I, I don't know i guess i don't know the whole story i haven't like looked into how it all worked timeline wise with ridley scott or whatever but i know he did the original mm-hmm. and then whatever it was who are Cam- cameron, cameron crow did number yeah, james two cameron. and then james cameron not cameron crow uh james cameron did number two and uh was it david fincher did number three is that right Anyway,
0: I think so, so, I think so which, is I mean, which is weird.
4: Yeah, yeah, but that was like his first Hollywood picture or whatever. It was like his okay, breakthrough. Sure. Which is, I'm, I'm oh, looking man. back, I'm like, I'm like, he still I'm glad feels he too young that for that. Movie. I don't really like two and three in the Alien trilogy. to really? be To be honest, oh, I mean, they're okay. God. They're okay movies, but like, I'm with I, you. I just, I didn't feel I the like same them. sort of psychological, yeah, you know, thematic elements. They were different that I felt movies. In the first one, they were very different movies for sure.
1: Yeah, I like then, them. I don't love them the way I love Alien, though. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they're fine, but like, give me Alien any day. I loved that the Alien
4: wasn't the wasn't the scariest thing on the ship. Mm-hmm. To me, it was the android. The cat. Like, mm-hmm. oh. Totally. And then in number two and three, it just felt like it's it's about the alien, like it's just mm-hmm. a slasher movie at that point. But then, but then he did I. Um, did Ridley Scott do, uh, I can't, who did the alien resurrection? Was he a part of that? I kind of like that one a little bit more. Uh, Uh, anyways, um, Jean-Pierre. Junet. Um, and then. Okay. When he, when he did Prometheus, that was where it felt like it came back, came back to me,
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: but anyways, I know, I know we were hurting to talk more about Prometheus, but (laughs) <laughs> no i think we should i think we should watch some of those again you know yeah get them fresh I, in our minds again and i do you know i mean i know we're in coming weeks we're going to talk raised by wolves um so we'll have that but let's yeah, just do like a ridley scott the, the list ridley Ooh. scott talk yeah got we yeah, he got blade runner a lot man. yeah mm-hmm.
1: yeah we haven't uh we haven't done that like a Focus on a director, really, or an actor. We mm-hmm. sort of came close in talking about Julianne Moore, but we didn't quite, uh, you know, do like a overview of her genre or anything. Yeah. So
0: we should do something quite. like that. Uh, Gladiator used to be your thing, Andrea.
1: Still is, was- baby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I I did hear
3: a Ridley Scott movie was uh, called a mix between Gladiator and Titanic, and that was Noah's Ark or whatever. One that was called. Oh pro. yeah,
1: yeah, and Emma Watson. <laughs> yeah,
3: she was she in that? Oh man, I don't even.
1: Yeah, it was like one of her first, like, post Harry Potter. I don't think it was yeah. her, like, her very first, but it was one of. Oof. That
3: I just remember was... laughing at like the the marketing for it of like, did Ooh, you like yeah. Titanic? Did you like Gladiator? Well, here's a movie that has nothing to do or is anyway like those. <laughs> no, <what was> that. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you know, I think honestly, I I'm sad. I'm sorry to say, it's like one of the few movies of his that I actually haven't seen was Noah's. Blood Eater.
5: Oh, I did, no, oh. did I see
4: it? Did I see it? Maybe I did see it. Who was oh, who man. was the? Was it Russell crowe in that too? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's yeah. why I didn't yeah. play. Okay, I did see that. I did see that. I I think it was so passable that I wasn't really. <laughs> I didn't really remember watching it.
1: Was, was Jennifer Connelly his wife? Cause it was like Noah and Sounds his right. wife and his that son be, and his daughter. Yeah,
0: actually, am. Yeah. Even though I haven't
1: seen this, I, I'm i like vaguely having flashbacks <laughs> then, to those terrible trailers. Now that Dustin brought it up, I suppressed yeah. it.
0: <laughs> yeah. And in Kingdom of Heaven. He's on the Ridley Scott one. wiki right now. <laughs>
1: yeah. I did see Kingdom did get, of Heaven.
0: So that's one of those movies that to me, the director's cut made a big difference. Yes. yes. I've heard that a lot. Yes. Pretty big improvement. So
1: much. I I
0: like the theatrical like it was fine. Uh, Yeah, it was good.
1: But like, yeah, no, the director's cut makes a difference for sure.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, future episode Ridley Scott. Um, (laughs) We have more to talk about here uh, this week as it comes to gaming. Um, But I want to see what everybody's drinking. What are our drink holidays, Andrea? And then we'll see if anybody's participating.
1: Well, I can tell you right now that I am participating in one, Uh, not the first one, um, which was two days ago. June 21st was uh, World Lambrusco Day, which is a sparkling red wine. Kind of got a bad rap as like a, you know, very sweet dessert wine that's very like cheap and dirty and just like kind of good to drink smooth and give you a buzz, but not really like quality. but uh, wine wine growers have actually been campaigning to change that for a while now, um, and Lambrusco is kind of like elevated in its in its status as a wine. Um, so that that was June twenty first, two days ago. Today, though, June twenty third, it is Sazerac Cocktail Day, which I had to look this up because I had no idea what this was about. But apparently in the 1850s, um, there was a brand of French brandy called Sazerac, and they made a cocktail uh, with bitters and sugar, and it was like the first branded cocktail, like it was called the Sazerac cocktail, and you had to make it with this particular brand of French brandy. Um, So it was like the first cocktail that you ever had to like buy this very specific liquor for to make it. Hmm. Uh, But then in 1870s, uh, I think 1873, um, the cocktail kind of got its own twist in America. Uh, They replaced the French brandy with American rye whiskey. And they decided also to replace the bitters for some reason with absinthe. Uh, So it's rye whiskey, absinthe, and a sugar cube. And that is apparently now, I believe, in 2000 or 2003, it was adopted by New Orleans as their official city cocktail. So wow. it's got a it's got a very storied and specific history. Yeah. Um, but sure. that is what I am drinking tonight. Oh,
0: so nice. you're drinking the Sazerac cocktail or a the Sazerac?
1: American the American Sazerac cocktail?
0: Okay. Wait, so I've so got rye abs-
1: whiskey, rye whiskey, absinthe, and a sugar cube.
0: Very nice. How, How does you it chain, taste? You have some fruit juice or something.
1: Um, it is it is good, but very strange. It's a strange yeah. mix of flavors. Oh. I was just gonna say, it
0: does sound like a weird mix of
4: yeah, yeah. I'm drinking a nitro goat milk, um, porter.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I love it. <laughs> Shane's Shane's more badass than I am.
0: Out of a water a, bottle, yeah, H two O. All right dustin
3: uh well i went to the saint croix cidery this past weekend wait yeah this past weekend and picked up some uh ginger fizz hard cider uh it's it's quite delicious yeah i highly recommend going out there they saturdays they do like music and stuff and yeah a bunch of wine and hard cider flights it's a good time what place is that called again uh, St. Croix Vinery or Vineyards or Cidery or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I was
1: there last week. Um, I did a yoga class oh, nice. in oh, the, wild. uh, in that's the vineyard. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. But, oh. And then I got like a glass of wine afterward. It was
3: <laughs> fun. <laughs> Sweet. Wow. They do all sorts of stuff there.
1: They do. They do. They're actually like really good at offering different activities.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I really like that place. Mm hmm. Well, I am also participating in the Sazerac um, holiday. Yeah. Um, It's one of my wife's favorite cocktails, the Sazerac. Um, So it's kind of a go-to for her. Um, Very delicious. I made mine with a, um, I think I've shown it on the show before, but a Polish rye whiskey. Um, Okay. If that focuses, this is from iowa uh in 2012 and then my absinthe so there's my french part of it my absinthe Mm. is a french absinthe absinthe so Mm. um and then for bitters um i have the like traditional bitters and then you're supposed to put in according to some recipes anyways a uh uh i forgot the other name of it but i have a a creole bitters so i thought i would buy in what's that herb song that doesn't sound right okay it doesn't that's uh
1: that's part of like the official new orleans sazerac version
0: okay so yeah i have this uh creole bitters from saint paul that uh, i use in there as well and then uh yeah sugar and Mm -hmm water to dissolve and a uh, twist of lemon. Nice. Oh, yeah. Good stuff.
3: Sweet. Well, all right. Cheers, everybody.
0: Yeah. Cheers. Little, cheers. Little,
3: little, little cup. Cheers.
0: <laughs> Audience right into us. Let us know what your favorite cocktails are and if you're a big mm. Sazerac fan or what. Um, all right. So as I was saying before, we're going to be getting to Resident Evil Village pretty quick. But uh, when Dustin was first on, we kind of asked him a little bit about his gaming history and stuff, if I recall. Mm-hmm. So I want to find out a little bit what, uh, Shane, what, what's your gaming it's history like? right? Where did you start? Okay. Yeah.
4: <laughs> well, um, my first video game memory is uh, actually when I was quite young. I would say probably maybe five, four, five, six years old, something like that. But I always remember um, it was like an after-dinner tradition with uh, my with my brother, my brothers, and my dad. And we would uh, boot up the old NES, Nintendo Entertainment System, and play ourselves a couple of rounds of uh, Mario Brothers slash Duck Hunt or Super Mario Brothers slash Duck Hunt. If anybody yeah. is remembers that game with the uh Nintendo Blaster controller. Of
3: course. Absolutely.
4: And I did have a question with regards to this now thinking now, dredging up these memories, damn you, John. Um <laughs> <laughs> like, why don't they do double release games anymore? Mm. I want to see more Super Mario Brothers slash duck hunt type things going on. Like I think that's a uh on potential untapped video game market right now. Like Call of Duty and uh, you know. Tiger Woods Golf or something like that.
0: Well, some of them are <laughs> collections. You know, um, I think sometimes they make, uh, a studio will make a collection that they'll sell. You know, otherwise, putting together like, um, you know, remaster of the first and second game, they'll do that together. You know, but where whereas completely two separate entities, yeah, it's not as common, I suppose. Oh,
3: yeah. I kind of think that might have been a marketing ploy in a way of like, hey, maybe people might not go out and buy the light gun for Duck Hunt, but if we already give you Duck Hunt with something we know you're going to buy, maybe you'll go out there and give it. Brilliant.
4: Well, the other game we used to play a lot was uh, the original, I think it was called the original WrestleMania on the Mm. Nintendo. Oh my God, I love it. And I was always uh, Bam Bam Bigelow. If anybody, <laughs> if anybody is familiar with the, uh, you know, wrestlers of the early 90s, um, he is now dead, I believe. Yes. But uh, he was my favorite. And that's who I played as. So
0: I will ask I think my he father-in-law was, about Bam Bam Bigelow.
4: I think he was kind of a, a nasty dude. Like, I think he was one of the bad guys. He was a mm. heel. He was a heel.
0: 100% okay. he was huh. Okay. And
1: Bam and Bam Niccolo, there sure, you go. Sure. There is. Wow. Yeah. <laughs>
0: oh, my gosh. Okay.
4: He's real. Yeah. I'm not losing my mind. But that's my no, first video game memory. I don't know. So.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Um, You know, we were talking about Last of Us earlier and stuff. Like, how's everybody's... Do you feel like... Would you still love to play... Mario and Duck Hunt, you know, if it was dropped in front of you now or whatever, or have your game tastes changed a lot over the years mm. and like, you know, the same things satisfy you or do you're looking for something different in, in a game?
4: Well, I think I'll always have, there's always a place in my heart for uh, platformers. I, I think I'm just, that's kind of the, I, I would say if there was a genre that I can only play one genre ever again for the rest of my life, I'd say make it the platformers or whatever, because I feel like there's just a lot of uh, interesting things that have been done with that genre. And in the gaming world, you know, whatever. I, I Like, I'd even consider, like, Smash Brothers a type of platformer, sort of fighting-type combination thing, where it's, like, a combination of your traditional, like, one-level, you know, street fighter combat game mixed with a jumping-type thing, so... I don't know. And then, um, but yeah, since then, so I, I would say I'd always go back to, to answer your question, I'd always go back to playing those types of games, or I would happily mm-hmm. boot up Super Mario Brothers, the original, because I just think there's like a, I, I think it's just a classic game, right? Like, why not? Mm-hmm. Um, Not so much Duck Hunt, maybe not, I don't know. Um, But, uh, yeah, since then, I don't know. I've, I've gone through, I think a lot of uh weird, not weird, but changes in my, gaming preferences like i know um when i was more in my uh emo teenage years i was way more into you know rpg you know dumping hundreds of hours into the final fantasy series or whatever sure. and honestly i don't get the same feel from like i used to play every single final fantasy game that came out and then since maybe the Wealth game or something like that i think it was the last one i played final fantasy 12 was the last one i played in its entirety okay. and since then i haven't played another one and i don't know maybe that's not very many games because what are they on now like 14 or 15 or well
0: something. no that's not that's no, not fair because there was 13 and 13x and 13x2 or whatever and then there is 15 and then there is final fantasy 7 remake so that's five you know like four yeah. or five games then there's the ongoing Final Fantasy fourteen online, um, which people like a lot. Um and then like there's the classics. Have you played the the classics like on oh, yeah. the NES and stuff? Okay. Well, my entry into
4: the Final Fantasy series was with where many people's was in number seven when that came out on right. the PlayStation and loved that game and played through that multiple times and then played all the sequels to that eight, nine, 10 so on. And then going back and like finding ways to access the older versions too. And I remember right. at least playing through like four five and six or something like that. Cause I think the right. first three or four of them are just kind of like I, I've played them or tried to play them, but never finished them. Cause I think they're just kind of, they're a little dated.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. They just are re-releasing. It was kind of one of these like, for a lot of people, a sadder moment at E3 because they got excited. They're re-releasing the older Final Fantasy games, but mm-hmm. on mobile and yep. and Steam. So you'll have access to them on Steam, but people were really cool. hoping for that Switch port uh, of the originals in their truer form. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, Dustin, how about you? Like, if your your taste in gaming changed a lot over the years Your
3: yeah when when i was first thinking about it i'm like oh i don't think i've really changed because i just kind of like most games i mean there's some that i gravitate to more than others but after i started thinking about it i was like i mean back when we were young and the most prominent kind of game was like platformers like that was just the meat and bones of of games at that time and then you know different genres pop up and stuff like that and it's hard for me almost to go to new platformers now like I could see myself playing the old ones and being nostalgic about it but that kind of just doesn't tickle me the way it used to when I was a little kid um but then you know I've kind of also veered towards more indie games. Like I still will play the big blockbusters if they're really good, but as I started learning more about like game design and stuff like that, and that became a whole intrigue for me. Like the people who take the chances and play around with different parts are like the indie games. Um, mm-hmm. That that's where the interesting ideas come out of, and it's really fun when you find like a gem that you're like, oh. Like they actually, you know, had a chance to do something that no one else would have. Um, I really enjoy those kinds of games. Uh, Like Play Dead, Limbo, and Inside, like Brothers. Those games are like games that came out and you wouldn't really have a lot of people hear about them, but if you play through them, they're just so good. And there's something about it where it, it kind of transitions from being the game that you play that you just get dopamine from to a piece of art where it's like that was an experience and something that I think back on it and gives me more than what I got out of it at the time of playing it. Uh, so I really enjoy that kind of stuff but then I'll still jump into you know any of the new ones that intrigue me that still fit the old formulas probably first-person shooters and stuff like that but um and then things like rpgs like witcher 3 and stuff like that were fantastic mm-hmm. but i've also felt like at a certain point like i need <laughs> a game to be short enough that i can like play it stay interested in it and then finish it off because like the games that like like Witcher 3 is a great example of a game that's just so long with so much content that no matter how amazing it is like I still haven't beat it. I'm on like the final DLC but I've like mm. gone back to it every couple of years or something and pick it up and think that I'll beat it and then it's just like, yeah, there's so much here. So I I do really appreciate I know that like the trend has always been like Oh, you're paying fifty bucks. You should get like fifty hours out of it, or something like that. But I'm, I'm just happy with getting like a eight to ten hour game and having that game be so like good and concise. And then I can get through it and know that, like, all right, I finished it. It's it's great. Yep.
4: I, I think there is. I completely some... agree. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say I, I I do I agree with you totally, Dustin. That like there is as I get older, I I find a lot of value in the types of games that present a very unique experience and i know that you and i both kind of like share like the some, some of the things that were some of the games we played recently that we both really enjoyed are like the you know like obradin or something like that where it's just mm-hmm. like there's there's really nothing like it and it's like Amazing. an experience to play through it and when you start playing it it's like you can't you don't want to stop until you're done with it you know like mm-hmm. it's a it's like watching yeah. a movie or something and then yeah and 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 i I love that, and that's really what I've looked for. I think now more than anything is sort of that just unique approach to
3: you know interaction with the uh, the medium so mm-hmm.
4: yeah, I wish I, that I had
3: a time machine to be able to play all of the games that I'm not sure about, so I could go back and tell myself like this one is really good, so you can like experience that all over again, like Oberdin, Or Wilds. Just- out of Wilds so good. I want to play it again, but it's also like that initial discovery is just so amazing mm-hmm. that like you can't recreate that on the second playthrough. Right. I yeah, it's a time.
0: contentious thing between Ashley and I honestly because I'm always on this side of like yeah, I want these concise impactful things or something that really brings me joy and she just wants like more. Like just give me more like she if she could have another 300 hours of mass effect world to be in she would be in that like she wants to do that and i'm like i i'm with witcher yeah i haven't finished witcher 3 either i finished witcher 2 it wasn't so long (laughs) but witcher 3 is very long and and you know she doesn't understand that to her it's like well if you love it why wouldn't you want more of it Mm -hmm. but it's the length of it you know you bring up like um inside or something i played that in a car ride coming back from you know west or whatever and the whole thing all the way through and it was Mm -hmm. a great you know impactful experience um journey i played journey only you know a couple sittings and it was done you know and i really really enjoy those those experiences because then there is another thing to move on to you know like mm-hmm. get what they're trying to say or whatever, and then I can move on to to the next thing. Um, and they're not trying to so, force yeah.
4: journey, journey two down your throat, you know?
0: Right. Yes. Yep.
4: Exactly. So. But I think well, maybe cool, there was a journey that... two. No.
0: <laughs> no?
4: No. Okay. no. Thought there could have been uh, some money to make there, but maybe not. When they came out I with mean,
0: yeah. Right. I mean, they always, they're always trying something, something new with, uh, um, and is it the same studio that does, um, what's that newer one where you're kind of, a, like a mysterious cloaked figure with a Falcon. Is it the same studio? Um, Austin Wintry does the music. It premiered on Apple arcade. It's also on PlayStation four. Um, is that the one with yeah, like the uh, timing the movement to like
3: run and fly and stuff, Man,
0: kind know. of yeah. You have a you have a bow, um, and you sh- you shoot at targets that kind of like accelerate you and stuff.
4: Yeah, I feel like yep. you're
0: describing any Zelda game. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely not Zelda. No, okay. Any nope, not Sky. It's the same studio as Sky. I think I don't remember. Anyways, shouldn't have brought it up. But um, yeah, it's there's a lot of good stuff out there now. And I was just interested because I I brought up the question because um, I was thinking, man, you know, my Nintendo experience recently has been I play games with friends. So it's like a party element. So it's Smash Bros or Mario Kart or something like that. Mm
2: -hmm. But
0: otherwise, it's been Zelda. And it's kind of like I haven't meaningfully sat down and played a Mario game in years. And it kind of made me sad like that I really haven't played Mario Odyssey. Um, I think the last one I really played through was Mario Galaxy 1. And there's been several since. And it's like, have I just like gotten tired of Mario? And um, it made me sad. <laughs> uh, and then I thought, well, now I'm playing Ratchet, which is more action-oriented, but still a platformer, and I'm loving it. So I feel like I need to, like, give some of these other ones a chance and see if I can get back into that. So
4: I think you can look at it as just sort of like, you know, you have this, you know, library of games that you could play and you probably would really love to still go back and play Galaxy 2 or Odyssey or whatever, but just the fact that you haven't played them. I don't know. I guess I, I, yeah. I felt the same way you did. Like, I love those I, I, I the last Mario I played from beginning to end and without just like, a, you know, whatever, testing it out or something like that was super mario galaxy and like got everything you could get in that game you know and Mm -hmm. then did it again with the luigi character or whatever and then Mm. never played another one since then but i know for a fact that if i got a switch and played any or whatever plat or um device that the other games are on like if i got those games and started playing them i know i would love them And I think that has less to do with not necessarily the genre that I, that I do really like and can go back to anytime. But the fact, the point that I think you tried to make earlier, John, was that Nintendo has crafted those games to be so well-designed that like, you know, they're just very, they're fun, you know, and they're, Mm -hmm. and they're accessible and like, you can go
0: to it anytime. Yep. Mm -hmm. Andrea, how about you? How about me? What changed? taste change in video gaming um where you began
1: yeah i feel like i was thinking about this cuz i was like ooh what's my answer going to be um and my video game experience especially like earlier in my childhood was so eclectic that i don't know that i could really say that there was like a taste there that's evolved um just because my parents did not allow me to have a gaming console Like, it was forbidden in our house. So I was, like, sneaking in gaming. You know, like, Mm. I'd sneak over to a friend's house and get on, like, their N64 to play Mario. Or, like, I would spend a couple hours on a Game Boy. um, You know, trying to, like, do some Pokemon battles. Like, if anybody remembers, like, old school Pokemon on Game Boy. Um, Or, you know, I was going to an arcade um to play some like Street Fighter. I was playing some like Ninja Turtles. Um
3: I just or... have an image of you, like your neighbor coming downstairs in the middle of the night, like I heard some noise down here and like turn on the light and you're like oh sitting there playing the Nintendo or light. something
1: <laughs> <laughs> just like a little deer. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, so I mean I just I had so or like, you know, when we got a computer and my parents didn't know right away that like I knew how to download games and I'm sitting there like playing Diablo, like you know what I mean? Like all of that was just so like random. You couldn't call it like I'm choosing these games or you know, like I had like, oh, I really love this subset of games. It was just like whatever I could get my hands on, that was what I was playing. Um, so I just have like fond memories of this weird, like, you know mario to diablo kind of that i started out with um and it wasn't until college really that i like sat down and started like console gaming for real which is when i would like sneak over to chris's room and start playing
0: resident evil on his gamecube you still had to sneak the parents were like "Andrew, you don't be there playing (laughs) video games
1: okay Like, two-second side story. My parents, like, for the very first year of college were definitely, like, like helicopter parents. Like, I remember I hosted a movie night in my room, and uh, it was interrupted mid-movie by campus security, like, banging on the door. And I was like, oh, my God, what have we done? Like, there's no alcohol here. Like... You know, we weren't super loud or crazy. And I open the door and this, like, big hulking cop is there. And I'm like, shit, shit, shit. Like, what, what is going on? And he's like, are you Andrea? Yeah. Your mother called. She's worried about you. You haven't called her in three days. Please call your mother. <laughs> like, that's, that's how, like, invested my, par- my parents were in, like, how I was doing at college my first year. So I learned very quickly to, like be in constant contact with my parents. Um, (laughs) But but to return to the the sneak gaming, no. So I was sneaking over to Chris's because he was playing games on his GameCube. So I was like trying to like sneak around his schedule and like play my own games around like when he was going. So, and there's a very funny story about how we almost broke up very early in our relationship because I accidentally saved my oh, no. resident Evil. E- his file yes i saved oh, my resident evil yeah. file over his file and he'd put like hours like hundreds of hours and had like all the best upgraded weapons and like had everything you could possibly have in that game and i saved over it oh god wow. he was oh
0: well, he was so well, how pissed. do you know he loves you wow <laughs> that's
1: right <laughs> we stayed together we worked through it
0: some, a yeah. couple
1: of intense therapy sessions and we were okay mm-hmm. but yeah
4: Oh, well, cool not the original right,
1: right? res evil it the- yeah it was four res evil oh. four which is my favorite game
0: so good yeah all right well okay we're talking about res evil we're an hour in let's talk <laughs> about res evil um us Resident Evil Village. We're gonna get all spoilery now about the uh the latest entry. You mean biohazard <laughs> <The
5: Hazard. laughs> yep.
0: For our Japanese. So we're all viewers, on the same page, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just commenting on that last night. Uh I thought that it's odd that uh they never made the switch le- switch to unify mm-hmm. that. They, they tried to, series they series tried series to
4: with play. number uh seven, the last one.
0: Well, I mean it's sort of a nod than a like a genuine switch. Right? I mean like it still says Resident Evil seven on the yeah, box, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I guess I guess yeah. in the American release
4: it says Resident Evil subtitle biohazard. In the Japanese release it right. says biohazard subtitle Resident Evil. So it's the first yeah, time so. that they actually acknowledged in the other market the name of
0: right. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's cool. Anyway. Yeah uh so i don't know how we'll go through this exactly here but um mm-hmm. we all played it um guess we can get a little bit of background on so Andre, we know your favorite game resident Evil 4
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you've played also five yes
1: five and six yes
0: five and six we play all yes. the way through six
1: i did not six was very disappointing okay. to me
0: okay all right. Now, I know Dustin, you're a pretty big Resident Evil fan. What ones have you been all through or or played a fair share of?
3: Uh, well, the very first time I saw anything of it, I was over at Shane's house, and he probably totally doesn't remember this, but he just rented Code Veronica. He's like, hey, mm. come oh. on over. I've got this game. Watch me play it. Yeah. And I had no the idea Dreamcast? what the hell was going on. It I've never be- had a Dreamcast no, I think I think it was
4: on the re-release for like the PS2 or something like that. Oh, okay. yes. That makes yep. sense. Yeah. Um,
3: and I really didn't get it. I was like, OK, whatever. Some person's like you're just walking around in this scene. I don't know. It was very confusing to me. But uh, then I finally got the GameCube many years later, Resident Evil 4, my entry into it. Beautiful, amazing, love that game. Played it mm. way, way, way too many times. Bought it Same. way, way too many times on other consoles. Um, and then played five, which was great. Six, which I didn't like at the time, but now I'm coming back around on being, if you just tell yourself it's the Michael Bay of Resident Evils. <laughs> <but> then, <laughs> um,
1: then That's it's such like, a great way right. to put it.
3: That's what it is. Um, <laughs> and then 7, I thought was an interesting return to form.
2: It
3: kind of took me a little bit to get over the, the shift to first person. Mm-hmm. But then the remake of 2 came out, and I absolutely loved it. So good. I just felt like I wanted it to be longer because I was so used to Resident Evil 4, which is super long compared to all mm-hmm. the other Resident Evils.
4: Yes. Um
3: so I got really into I'll that. Catch
4: you in your own um double narrative here, Dustin, but you were just talking about how
3: games are yeah. too long. Yes. Well, I mean, back then when I played Resident Evil Four, I loved it because it was that long. But nice. but yeah. uh, number two, like it is pretty decently short, even though like it I don't know, eight to ten hours, I guess. I was just kind of expecting a l- more to it, but I still absolutely loved it. And then three, the remake of three came out. I love that. Um, I just love that they're they've made the controls feel so good and modern, but mm-hmm. they're still sticking with like this is how Resident Evil is. I know some yeah. people really didn't like the three remake, but I'm just ready for them to re-release all of them
2: mm-hmm.
3: with that control scheme and I'll just go through and play those over and over again. Yeah. Um And then after that, I was so hungry for more from Resident Evil 3 that I even went and played, like, the Nintendo DS ports on PlayStation 4. So, like, Revelations 1 and 2, so playing those. And they're actually, you know, decent. And I think that's why I decided to give 6 another try, because I'm like, I literally just played, like, the ones that no one, like, cares to play. And I Mm -hmm. liked them, so let me try this one. And then went into Village and you know, brushed up on my lore. And
2: mm-hmm.
5: now
3: I'm in too deep, just kind of like, just basically like Star Wars, where like something hooked me. <laughs> and then I just went back through everything mm-hmm. and learned way more than I should. Mm-hmm. The acting is
0: equally bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shane, how about you? Have you played as many games in the series as. Is Dustin or where is your... I think maybe line. Dustin
4: beats me on n- number of games played in in their entirety. But I will say that I was a very early adopter of the original Resident Evil when it was released on PlayStation. But not nice. by my own doing, because I was, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, six years old, seven years old or something. I don't even think I could buy the game <laughs> if I wanted to. Right. In the store. Right. But because I had an older brother who was very um, good at obtaining contraband that he was (laughs) able to get the original resident evil on playstation i remember remember playing it as a little kid and just like not being able to get very far like the Mm -hmm. whole idea of the the laboratory section at the end of almost every single resident evil like Mm -hmm. i never even knew that was a thing until i like got older and played through like number three or something like that or whatever it was sure. by the time i was old enough to actually beat one of those games it was like oh yeah that's a thing now like every game ends with a lab set you know whatever <laughs> yeah uh then then going back and playing the first one um and feeling like these yeah like i don't know i'll always have a there's always be a special place for the first one just the way it made me feel again it's that feeling you know like nothing mm-hmm. like it had ever existed before and the horror aspect of it, you know, when you f- see the first zombie and it turns its head and its mouth's all bloody, or you're walking down the hall and the dogs jump through the window and scare the shit out of yep. you, like yes. yeah, like that, just like nothing. I don't think there was I, I even in any of the Resident Evil games. I don't think I've had a jump scare like that since that game. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, so I've played pretty much all of the the main series of games and and beaten all of them. One, two, three and the remakes of those two and played four and Mm -hmm. um five and six you know i think even with dustin i think you and i did the co-op on five and six pretty much together Mm -hmm. and then seven and eight have played all of them and then i even played uh code veronica which isn't part which is i guess part of the thing but not not a numbered right but that actually is one of my favorites but um yeah
0: I'm hoping for that one to be remade next. I would love
4: that. That actually, that game to me feels like narratively that is supposed to be like number two or number three, even like, Mm -hmm. like, because it picks up basically right where the story of number two ends, pretty much. Like Claire Mm -hmm. is looking for her brother Chris, and like, you know, it, it the story is villain is Wesker again. And, right. and it feels like it's part of that c- continuity. So it's strange to me that it wasn't like, it wasn't number three, because I do think that that one came out
3: around when number three or nemesis came out. Yeah. And I um, believe that was the original intention and mm-hmm. number three was going to be kind of like a side game. And then mm-hmm. they scratch the main character and put Jill into it. And kick that one out really quick under the gun and then they're like, oh well, what are we gonna do with this one now? I guess it's the name it code Veronica or something yeah. like that. Interesting. But I,
4: I did play one uh one other non uh, main series Resident Evil game and I can't even remember what it was called, but it was like Resident Evil Rail Shooter,
3: which I was, was gonna on, say
4: on the Wii and I think I, mean, I rented it. I think it was like the, the yeah. last year of rental video games from that existed in the world. And like playing it and being like,
3: eh, Yeah. Yeah, you and I played that actually. I came over and we were playing like the first couple of levels and we we're like, Do we wanna continue playing this? Like, <laughs> yeah, no, it was like I don't know.
4: It's like it was basically just a fan service game. Uh yeah, sure. Dark Side Chronicles, Dark Side Chronicles is what it was okay. called. Okay. um Yeah, I just sort of felt like, you know, you had your favorite characters pop up in different vignettes of like just sitting there with your Wii controller and shooting at the screen or whatever. I don't know. Right. It wasn't that enjoyable. But, um, yeah, I personally, I don't want to jump ahead here, but I I was going to say that like through playing all these games and like playing them all in the series around at or around the time when they were released, I definitely have noticed a uh, sort of trend in the progression of the of the i think a lot of people have already probably identified this but how the games from number one through like number six or whatever and i'll leave seven and eight out for now but like how through that timeline they slowly got more and more action oriented to the point where like number six is like massive rooftop explosion helicopter battle with like whatever and like Mm -hmm. not really feeling anything like the first one i i still yeah i like the uh...
1: Sorry, I like the, the description of it as the Michael Bay of Resident Evil. Yeah. that's yeah. That, to me, makes so much sense.
4: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Despite that, though, I felt – I still love the five and six. Like, I love – I don't know. I just felt like they were just different. They were, you know, evolution. Well, I really enjoyed like the, five.
1: It was just six that I had the problem with.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, number five is – when Chris punched a boulder. So, I mean, we're yeah. trying to get into Michael <laughs> Bay territory there. So.
1: That's
3: true. We
4: had to tap B yeah. to punch a boulder. Yeah, like, yeah. A massive like boulder.
3: Like bad it's boys shooting rockets up at Musker at the end.
1: Yeah.
0: So, yeah, no, for sure. And I, I credit them a lot for um, how they have they've seen this and kept the franchise alive um for so long and without it feeling stale because they, they yeah they got mm-hmm. to six not well received and they pivoted you know they yeah. they brought they us the, the classics back and they gave us seven going you know trying to get scarier again bring bring more of the tension back mm-hmm. they it didn't it could have been a thing that uh kind of slugged along for a while and they stuck to their guns and it just sort of like you know fell into a shallow grave after a while but it feels more exciting than you know than any other time i think that mm-hmm. you know sales figures are showing that uh they're selling well so I like that
4: they're trying new things you know like it's not yeah. the yeah. exact
0: same game year after year like it's
4: some thoughtful evolution in the way that they're presenting this series and like you know they're they have enough there where it's still like fan service to old fans you know that keeps mm-hmm. like people like me coming back and but enough new stuff where it's like if you're just coming into the series like it's still a fun like singular game that you don't really need to know the context of the greater world if if you right. just want to have a fun scary t- spooky time or whatever so
0: yeah they yep. nailed that and yeah, i think and that's kind of where i come from you know i i don't have the back catalog like you guys do of the oh okay. all the different okay. residential games you played so you know i've only done. uh I tried the first one, Resuma one, mm-hmm. like remake on the GameCube, uh, they did one and zero. And mm-hmm. I think I picked up both and I tried one and I'm like, this is too damn scary. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, not doing it. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I got past the hallway scene that you're describing there. Basically that's like. zombie number one (laughs) i'm playing luigi's mansion right okay
4: well they had Uh, the creepy door openings in the first one too like where you opened a door and it Mm -hmm. was like and then you didn't get to see what was on the other side until you were already like fully in the room yeah Yeah. there's
0: no going back now right so i didn't really get in until four then Four is the okay. one that I played. I put a I put a lot of hours into it, but I didn't beat it. I got to like the last island. Yeah. You know, on the Wii it had I forgot how many discs it little discs it had, but I got to the last disc, but I <laughs> didn't uh didn't beat it. So you're close. Yeah. And then I played through all of five with Chris mm-hmm. um in college. And um and then I've I I got stuck in two remake. I have that one. I like it. I've I put um I don't know, must be five hours or so into that. So I could just go through and finish that one. And then um now eight. So mm-hmm. yeah, much more limited. But but I, I think I enjoyed it all the same. Um maybe you guys had a deeper appreciation for, for the lore um than I did. Um but There's- very
3: few connections, but yeah, I, will, I would have to say that the few connections that they give you, I thought, were some of the most meaningful mm-hmm. that I've had in a Resident Evil game in a long time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I thought that. Was okay. Very well, cool. so we're going full spoilers. Uh, I don't know if you want to throw any spoiler thing up. Um, what's <laughs> what are what are these what are these connections you're talking about? What are these connections?
3: Uh, okay. Well, the. You know, Umbrella kind of hasn't been yeah. a part of these last two games. And I was always wondering, like, okay, number seven, they really don't give you much of anything of connection mm-hmm. to Umbrella, if at all.
4: Um, so wasn't, I was excited. The, wasn't
3: the tanker, like the tanker
4: ship at the end of the game, wasn't that an Umbrella?
3: That's what I thought the first time. But so here's the thing, like, they don't, is basically they don't explain a lot in seven And in eight, they kind of go back and are like, okay, here's what this means. So there was this criminal organization called The Connection that um, basically was profiteering off of bioweapons, and they were trying to create um, something that would basically they could sell that could destabilize and control people and stuff like that and destabilize uh, governments or corporations and stuff from the inside out. So they created these bioweapons, which ultimately led to Evelyn from the first, mm-hmm. from Seven. Um, Sorry, spoilers for Seven as well. <laughs> um, and then what we find out in number eight, Village, is that the... Connection was working with mother Miranda mm-hmm. to create the molded and try and create that because she was trying to bring her daughter back to life
2: right.
3: using the Megamycete. And so then once they created Evelyn, she realized it wasn't her daughter and she cut connections with the connections um, and started her own research.
2: Right.
5: So
3: then um, basically it's kind of like a, that was the offshoot but still like a weird creature from this origin of, in this village. Mm -hmm. And the connection to the overall series with umbrella was that she, mother Miranda basically became immortal from the big moldy fungus megamycete and uh, helped Oswald E. Spencer was one of the founders of umbrella to come up with the idea for the company of umbrella and what they wanted okay. to create yeah. and where she was using this fungus-like weird entity he thought that that wouldn't be effective to create the kind of you know control that he wanted over people so he was looking for a virus version and i mm-hmm. believe he mentions the progenitor virus which was like, yep. the the flower virus that was in Resident Evil 5.
2: Mm-hmm. And he
3: said he was going to go start his company researching and doing stuff with that. So, it was, and then, of course, the whole thing with the Umbrella logo mm-hmm. was from the crest of the four families. So, he took that, and that was kind of, like, the cool, like, you keep seeing it throughout the game, wondering, mm-hmm. like what the hell like is umbrella like really old like how did they influence this and then it turns out to be the prequel that no one saw coming this influenced all of umbrella and all that stuff and i thought that was just really i I love that you know there was a
0: mod for the pc version where you, you are you're just your image is put in the end credits to explain this. You just, you're there saying what you just did (laughs) to like, oh, now I understand the game I just played.
3: Yeah, there is definitely a lot to kind of dig through to kind of, and it's like one piece of paper that you read like towards the end of the game. Right. And you really need all of like the stuff beforehand that they don't explain a lot in the other Mm -hmm. games to kind of make that connection with the connection. But,
0: mm-hmm.
3: yeah, once Thanks. once I saw that, I was just like, that is fantastic. Because then, sorry to overtake the floor, but I was no, no. I was really confused, like, how this would connect. Because, you know, we got, like, werewolves. We got vampires. Like, what the hell is going on here? We've,
2: mm-hmm. we've
3: kind of deviated from the classic zombie movie or some kind of weird abomination created from a virus. And um, it kind of makes sense in terms of, like, this has nothing to do with the viruses. This is all, like, a weird thing that has existed for who knows Mm -hmm. how many years, millennia, or whatever. Cadu, the Cadu, or whatever it was called. Yeah. Yep. So Cadu was... was, Cadu is Romanian for the gift. So that Mm -hmm. was, like some kind of weird embryo molded thing that was used to infect the people of the town in mother Miranda's experiments. Um, right.
1: Like, but it was supposed to like enhance therefore the gift.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Cause she was looking for something that could transform people into what she needed to create her family as she called it. And basically yeah, the vessel. The- the failed experiments would either die or become like the the different vampires or mm-hmm. or werewolves around. So it's a I don't know it. I liked how there was almost an explanation as to why it was so different from all of the other Resident mm-hmm. Evil games.
0: I have to say that got me really excited for this game more than any I had been in a while. Like. um the fact that it wasn't just zombies yeah Mm -hmm. that it was you know when i saw the early trailers and it was like that's um you know are these we're dealing with vampires and werewolves i thought hey it's something different i'm totally down for this gothic castle Mm -hmm. look and everything um so yeah that that really i'm i'm wondering if this is such a one shot then that we're just gonna go back soon to it's just the zombies again, um, mm-hmm. or if we're going to, or what, but well, I, I, think I think
4: they're going to have a, they're going to find a. I mean, I think that's part of the, you know, Capcom writing creation process with this franchise is that they're going to creatively find ways to connect the dots between mm-hmm. the ever present umbrella. And like, you know, like I, I think I kind of mentioned earlier, like they're definitely not going to have this sorts of fan service that they've had in every single game up until this point i feel right. like that's just going to be an right. expected thing in these games and they do it so well like it it doesn't feel old it doesn't feel like the whole umbrella thing oh it's umbrella again like of mm-hmm. course it's umbrella again like it's a fantasy horror world where like they're like this somehow corporation that still is in operation like i don't know but like they are and they're creating you know bioweapons or whatever and then you have like your four characters that are somehow managing to foment insurrection against this major international conglomerate but like that's part of the i think the the B movie horror aspects of all of that is that like from the sh- terrible voice acting to like you know just the hokey yeah. kind of like i don't know characters or you know strangely strung together like plot lines between the games and stuff like it just makes it fun and like you Mm want to suspend your your sense of uh, disbelief i guess and like just have fun with it because like they're going to take it in fun and creative ways to try to spook you out you know so Mm
3: -hmm.
2: right
4: well that's what i felt was
3: so brilliant about this is like now since this is a thing that has existed so many years unknown years before umbrella even came to be Mm -hmm. That opens up so many options now of, like, what other weird, like, folklore things could we get into that were created by this this Mm -hmm. weird mythical beast?
4: They did have, I do remember reading one of the documents in the game that, like, was of some sort of, like, old, maybe knight in a castle type thing that was like, they're invading the walls or whatever, blah, 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 blah. And mm-hmm. I was thinking, like, wouldn't that be really cool if, like, in future games, they actually go back to, like, you know, 10,000, you know, like one, the year 1000 during the Dark Ages or something like that. And it's like, you have a crossbow. You
0: know, <laughs>
4: cross, yeah, you have a crossbow. You're like <laughs> a witch hunter or something, you know, like.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool. You know? Let's do it. That'd be so. cool.
1: So we're going to, like, Assassin's Creed this sort of thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, be made by Ubisoft. Yeah. Be better. Yeah. no i think
4: that's another thing well, that if they i i don't want to i don't want to say that they couldn't yeah. do yeah who the hell knows maybe they could go open world and make this a really fun scary still scary thing but i think part of the the fear effect of like this game these games is that like they're all still pretty claustrophobic like you they're not like i wouldn't say they're on rails but like they're definitely like you don't really have room to move or to run away. Like you've got to face mm-hmm. the, you've got to face the scary stuff. So
1: yes. Sure. Yep.
0: Well, let's talk a little that specifically about this game, uh, mm-hmm. what we thought of it. I want to give uh, Dustin the chance though, to talk about his animation that he made. That's uh, being shown oh. down in the bottom right of the screen here.
3: Uh, Well, as Everybody who's been on the internet for the past month knows that's Lady Dimitrisque, or however you say. Um, (laughs) I initially was going to do this for all the four lords, and then I remembered how long it takes to do this, and this is what you get. So, (laughs) um, yeah, I just did a painting in uh, Procreate on my iPad. And then broke it out and animated it in Spine, which is used a lot more for game rigs and stuff. But it has mm-hmm. a mesh deformation, which you can kind of do a 2.5D fake 3D look to it um, if you look in close. And, uh, yeah, I've just been kind of playing with that. And uh, it was good fun. I'll probably keep on cleaning it up a little bit after this. and.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: kick it out there nice. somewhere but yeah well it looks awesome thanks for making it yeah, it really it. does yeah i just needed to find any reason to force myself to do something like this because i've been meaning to so i was like all right if i promise it to somebody and <laughs> then there's an actual deadline so yeah there we go Great. it's been made done thanks. forever
2: never again <laughs>
0: um the image that's up right now i took some still so all, all the images and video you see i like captured uh while playing through and these are like torture devices and stuff and i I, mm-hmm. I took lots of pictures of those actually because i was down in florida and they have a torture museum and i recognized like all in these florida? things yeah yep in um <laughs> uh, it. It was st. augustine st augustine <laughs> you know, really old city there and stuff. And they someone has a private collection of medieval torture devices and stuff. And uh, I I left the museum feeling really sad because it's just like the horrible things people do to each other. And some of it still today, like Mm -hmm. there's signs on some of that, like these are still said to be used in these certain places and whatever. um, But it's nuts. But they clearly did their research and filled their dungeons in the castle with these... Very mm-hmm. true to life uh, torture devices. so yeah, yeah, the level
3: of detail in this game is by yeah. far the best out of all of them. like you're mm-hmm. you're always getting like broken chaos like cities and stuff like that and all the other ones, and like this is the one where there's just every little detail in the castle and all that. Mm-hmm. It's amazing.
0: Yep, the shine and the sheen and the yeah, I, I really is it, it was really gorgeous. I play on the PS five.
5: Mm-hmm. Where
0: did everybody else end up playing?
5: Xbox. PS4 for me. Oh. Good scattering
0: of PS4, mm-hmm. PC, and Xbox. PC? Yep. Nice, yeah. Um well, we're looking at some pictures of the castle. Um, what'd y'all think of our beginning of the game and our first kind of boss area
2: like
0: the castle Mm -hmm. is an awesome introduction yeah yeah it definitely felt
4: reminiscent of of resident evil 4 that first Mm -hmm. walk up to the village and then you're sort of like first sort of like timed whatever fight against a bunch of the lichens Mm um yeah Mm -hmm. it was very reminiscent of that first village experience in uh number four so
0: minus the quick time events <laughs> yes. Were there quick time events at number four? There was. Oh yeah. Yes. I yeah. hate it. That was the worst part of the game. Really? Oh. Oh, I love that. I love that. I, love I feel that. like they
4: didn't if they were, then they weren't. There were, couldn't have been that many of them. I don't I remember them very much so in the fifth and sixth games, but it's
0: like right trigger, left trigger, right trigger, left trigger, yeah. you know oh, yeah. or <laughs> like, you know, boulders coming mad. and you gotta dodge all the way. The oh, giant yeah, wings yeah,
1: yeah. is club and you gotta hit B and A real quick.
4: Yeah, yep. that was the yep. running joke oh, that you yeah. would spend like an hour and a half like sorting your suitcase in number four, and then a QuickTime event would, you know, kill you, and, yep. then, you'd and then load were... the game before you had arranged your suitcase.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
4: that extra
3: egg or two in <laughs> here. satchel. yeah!
1: Can
3: I just say that that's the one disappointment I have with this game was when I saw the inventory Tetris was making a return. It yep. was nowhere near as like intense or like necessary as in number four so you're telling me you actually wanted to do that again there was something to the tedium of doing that that i love so much and i have no idea what it It, is because it
1: really made you think about your choices uh, yeah and then you get
3: to like separate out like okay right here here's my grenades i'm gonna put them all up there Yeah, I mean
0: I like the organization, but I don't like leaving stuff behind. I don't like that. You know, even playing two remake, I'm like, I can't pick up more boards to slap on the windows. Like (laughs) oh, I gotta just like come back for these then. I I don't I don't like that.
4: I think there I think there is an element of sort of the horror aspect or the, the scarier bits of like some of the original games when you had a very limited You know, yeah, Yeah. inventory and like you had to have like you know both the medallion and the crank and like which one am I going to need on the other side of the mansion? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, uh, I guess I'll carry the crank and then you get all the way across. Like after you've walked through the area where there's like you know whatever the Mister X equivalent of whatever that was in number two or three or whatever, and then you're like, oh shit! Now I got to walk back because like I got to go through that area again and I really don't want to do that. Like yep Mm -hmm. and the game had ways to like and and i that was a thing i i don't know they do have a little bit in some of the newer games but in the original games they had that where it would kind of make you pay for like your poor management or lack of Mm -hmm. luck if you brought the wrong item and you had to go back through an area like it would change things on you and throw new new things at you which i thought was always cool but yeah yeah Yeah, I I, i feel like they did do that a lot in this game they had a lot of little like areas where it felt like it was reminiscent of a lot of the stuff that people talk about the old games or mm-hmm. give credit to the old games for like i just said walking back through an area like when you go mm-hmm. when you what is it the um the doll boss i forget the name
1: the uh yeah
4: so when you go back to that uh um burial site and you put the plaque yeah. on there and then that big dude with like the whatever hammer comes after you mm-hmm. like that was sort of like that you know
3: yeah, that came out of nowhere, which was a pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. It was a tough fight, too. Like, you were like, oh, do I, am I going to have enough ammunition here, you know? It's, yep.
0: I, I, I did walked out there with two
3: bullets. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Some of the things I'd heard was that, um, yeah, it gets so, so action-y, and you have just the plentiful ammunition. And I, I obviously did get a lot more action, but I, I found myself short on ammo. I had, like... Buying Same. everything from the Duke. He is now out. What mm-hmm. am I gonna do? I started using mines, you know? Um mm-hmm. so Yeah. 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 This
3: game did a great job of like, I was never with an overabundance. Like, I think there was maybe mm-hmm. a couple of times in the game where they do the classic thing of like, here's a bunch of ammo for you. You know you're about to get punched right the butt. But beyond that, like anytime that I had supplies to be able to make something it was always like all right am i what am i doing am i going ammo or am i making uh
1: first aid yeah
3: uh whatever kool-aid heal everything juice i don't know it it did a good job of Mm -hmm. giving you those moments the hand
0: regenerating liquid Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean so i was freak him out at that because like how much abuse can he take and then he loses his hand and puts it back on I'm glad that there was the payoff of the like okay I understand why this makes sense now. yes because before I'm like this is really pushing it I'm like okay yep. a little bit much. they kind of did because, that
4: in because... number seven too like or yeah number seven yep. like they he stapled his hand back on and like he wasn't yeah. mold at that point I don't think. Was he?
3: He was, yep. Yeah. Oh he yeah, was. Be, yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, it I, makes it makes a lot more sense when you consider that like every cutscene, at least through ha- like halfway through this game, was Ethan just like taking it. <laughs> just something. <laughs> like seriously. Just like like a sword in the chest, like cut off a hand. Get like irons through your hand and strung up, like just so
0: much. Oh, I forgot like, about that. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like seriously, every single cutscene, you know, at least through the castle and you know a little bit beyond, was just like so. even you know, getting a serious injury again. You know, you should probably be dead at this point. Like, yeah. I don't know.
3: I really had to keep convincing myself to keep up the. Uh, what's it called like the suspense of disbelief right. or whatever. Right. Where I'm just like, okay, okay, this we've proven that there's regenerating zombies or whatever that are crazy <laughs> almost immortal. So they must right. have some kind of medicine that can do these things. And it right. just kept getting over and over the top on itself. Yes. And by the end, like, oh, it makes sense. Like they were trying to get like you to finally feel that way. Yeah. And I was talking to you guys and you guys were just like mentioning that like how much abuse he was getting i was just like that's the number one thing that everybody starts talking about when they first start playing the game it was just so brutal yeah i honestly was expecting when he got his like fingers bitten off right in the beginning yeah at some point during the game he was going to find something to regenerate and like little yeah. fingers were going to sprout back out or yeah. something like that.
1: I kind of weirdly like that they didn't, but I agree with you. Like, that was the one injury that took out of all of them. Like, yeah, <laughs> sure.
4: Yeah, what was that about? Why Why didn't his fingers come back?
3: Well, I guess well, technically he just reattached everything, so he'd have to wait for that werewolf to pass it through his there. Fingers. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
1: It's weird that oh, that I isn't part is play. Just like digging through, trying to find your fingers. Mm-hmm. I
4: suppose you run the risk of running into like a Deadpool type situation where, if if his fingers regenerated on his hand, would his fingers then regenerate a whole nother of his body? You know, like <laughs> in the werewolf oh. or something. Sure, like
3: that.
1: sure, yeah.
3: Just the second one pops out of the werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah. I'd be
0: interested. Animate that, Dustin. Yeah, that'll be the next one. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, did you guys feel that the game was cohesive? Um, because mm-hmm. to me, it it really did change styles. You know, mm-hmm. after the Dollhouse, like it really did shift. Like I was like, I I the game, this game was scary as shit for a while, and then it got like it became more like resume Four. it became more action oriented and i liked both pieces mm-hmm. did that feel you know to me it seemed like they were taking two different kinds of Resident Evil games and, and putting them together
1: yeah mm, sure
0: i yeah. i think that's kind of the feel
4: of all of them like i feel like it starts off like feeling very foreign and scary and you don't know what to expect and then by the end of the game or what second half of the game like you've seen all the monsters that they have in this like mm-hmm. you know they could have a hundred new monsters in the second half but like the developers clearly had a limitation to how many like you know assets they designed for this game right so like mm-hmm. nothing's really new so that 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 fear of the unknown doesn't exist anymore. So I don't right. I don't necessarily agree that like it's not as scary. I just think you're probably deconditioned to it by the second half of the
0: game mm-hmm. a little bit. Well, what if they put the the dollhouse as the last place you had to go in? So you've you spent this eh. game and you've like built up, you've got yeah, a magnum, you've we'll got all this stuff and then you go in there and everything gets taken away. And now you're in the dollhouse and well, that's how ever... you, you know,
1: if everything gets taken away, that's different because I felt like the dollhouse battle honestly was anticlimactic. It was scary. Like I loved the dollhouse in it's like freakiness, but like the final battle was pretty lame when you think of like boss battles. Yeah. And that's how I think res evil is conditioned is like you're getting to the boss battle. How impressive can we make like the next boss battle and the next boss battle like now not only do you have to kill the boss but you have to like run around and like you know switch like things or... switch things yeah you don't have this or like you have to like collect something or you know what i mean like there's there's more complexity
3: mm-hmm. they yeah, do i well
4: thought... I... oh, go ahead dust
3: oh sorry um i was just going to say that i thought that it was like such a great way that they were driving the different gameplay through the characters and their mm-hmm. environments that they bring you into. Um, both, I think, it was beneficial and to the detriment of the game sometimes. Whereas, mm-hmm. like the very beginning of the game, where you you're kind of going through, and um, I was just getting my butt kicked by the lichens yes. at, at first. Yeah. Even past the like the time section where, yeah. right here where Alan is showing um, that area. Like I thought, like it was a lot more of like you have to try and outsmart how you're gonna approach these guys, and then, Mm
2: -hmm. then that's kind of the
3: end of where you have to do that. Like there's a very small section, and then you go up to the castle, and that's like a whole new kind of gameplay of constantly getting chased and going through the castle, which I thought was amazing. I loved that. Um, Then it brings it back down to the dollhouse which was also great i thought that was a great pacing of going between the two i felt where it kind of fell on itself was when it jumped straight into the next like scary piece without like any action like Mm -hmm. straight to the row Mm -hmm. and then at the end and it's like now we're just going to load you with all this action again i felt like we really needed that break between like here's the scary, I'm running around stuff, to fighting. And then, I mean, this game was very well done. I just felt like there's the middle piece, even though they're pretty strong, kind of took away the the gist of the beginning and the end in terms of like mm. how you play. And mm-hmm. then, then it just throws it all at you right at the end. Yeah. And... A little my, bit of pacing problems
0: yeah i i i guess my i liked the the all the middle bits i liked the beginning it was more the last um it was hat guy's area Eisenberg, whatever his name is yeah he his area was too long it was too mm-hmm. long i mean mm. um it and- uh it it could have cut it in half
3: i agree and part
0: of that was his castle too like if they would have put
3: that his castle at a different part in the game and then you got into the factory later then i would have felt like i wasn't getting tired of fighting all those guys by the end Mm
2: -hmm.
3: yep yep you mean the
4: stronghold with the lichens yeah yeah were they? Were they? They weren't his though. Like that wasn't his. He just sent you there to destroy all the lichens because that was like right. Mother Miranda's army, basically. Yeah,
3: yeah. So, I just feel like that yeah. was a very action-heavy spot, and then it throws you right into an even longer action-heavy yeah. spot. Yeah, and it's like you gave us so many hours of like, here's a scary walk around, PT demo.
4: Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I personally, I loved it. I loved that part of the game. I felt like it was a nice change of pace. It it broke up. It, I think it very successfully broke up like the, the the action set pieces and and kind of brought you back to that Wait, really which like, part? Oh, sorry, the dollhouse part. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I, I love mean, the dollhouse. Yeah, that was by far the strongest parts. Yeah, I, I wish there was more. I wish there I was agree. more of that because like mm-hmm. losing all your stuff, like I think it's just one of those things where you can have a Resident Evil feeling game without like gunplay, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. it was honestly, I just all of the different set pieces I feel like were in a in a sense almost homages. Like I almost look at this whole game as a giant homage to every single horror game or movie or whatever that's ever existed there's like some nod to, to everything like just name it and mm-hmm. I can point out to you where in this game it, what yeah sorry I'm just looking at oh, that. the fetus oh, baby <laughs> the <little> fetus. <laughs> I thought you whispered uh, something
0: <laughs> she was yelling at me when I was doing that she's like go run what are you doing <laughs> yeah. But yeah that gameplay
4: in that in that in that house was like the the um uh, The alien game. What was the alien game called? Isolation. Isolation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Where you were hiding in things. And, like, also kind of like the PT demo, you know, where you're walking through the house and there's, like, you know, weird allusions to dead babies and stuff. And then, like, you know, I don't know. And then there's also the, you know, nods to the fairy tale storybook horror characters, not only in just the fact that they kind of set up the prelude to the game with the story with an actual storybook. But like, yep, yeah, you know, I your, love your, that your traditional B movie horror characters. Like I think the only one missing here is the mummy, you know, because they have mm-hmm. like your Dracula equivalent
1: mm-hmm. and then
4: you have your your werewolf, Moreau shape, animal shifter, kind of half man, half beast sort of thing. And you werewolves, and then you have Heisenberg, who's like Frankenstein, basically. He's mm-hmm. creating these monsters out of machines and stuff. So,
3: yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think yeah. this game by far blows most of the other ones out of the water with, in terms of like, unique characters mm-hmm. that in themselves have garnered so much like appreciation for their style and detail and personalities and stuff like that. And
2: Mm -hmm.
5: beyond
3: all of the weird lady Dimitri's crap that came up with on the internet, like the, there's, I mean, obviously there's a following for her, but like all of the characters just so well done. Like this just felt like uh, such a labor of love to come up with these cool characters and the, the places that they live and let that drive the ideas for gameplay.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So Shane, is it the time that you bring up your, uh, your, one of your topics here that. uh so yeah. Dustin, keeps,
4: Dustin keeps talking about it. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I did. It was more just to point out the fact that like, as soon as I started playing this game, like on on reddit or on the internet or wherever like you just see news headlines about well i don't it's the it's the targeted marketing like i'm playing resident evil i'm talking to people about it so my phone's going to be sending me things right but but it's sure. but it's funny cuz like most of the stuff is like talking about you know how everyone's obsessed with her and then you're you know you're looking what people are talking about her and it's all very well, not all of it, but a lot of it is very heavily sexualized. And there's like the, the memes of like, you know, giant, you know, adult actresses like pushing smaller adult actresses up against walls. Like this is the world, and this is like a whatever, Lady D from Resident Evil, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And like there's this seeming awakening, awakening in the general public of like this fetish, which is like of giant women. Was the, I don't know. That it's, I don't know. I don't know that it's an actual modern awakening, right? Like the whole Amazonian <laughs> thing has been something that's existed for a very long time, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, large, strong
0: women. I don't know. I didn't I, understand I, I, it. I didn't understand it. You didn't understand I what, I was what I was the I saw the memes. I saw the coverage. I saw the ev- everywhere, right? The bubble I'm in, it was everywhere. And, um, but I was like not obsessed with this woman. I mean, I just don't want to, I just don't understand the obsession.
4: Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know that I get the sexual aspects of things, but I definitely like, um, I mean, it's, I think it's, it's clearly a thing. And like, you know, anytime Mm -hmm. and I don't know, maybe it's a comment on uh, maybe, I don't know if you want to call it a problem or not, but something in like gaming that you tend to see where it's like, any female character with large breasts, whether she's eight feet tall or four feet tall, like it's going to become a topic mm-hmm. of conversation. And like, does that really warrant that just because, you know, sexualization of characters, but we I don't we have to really go there. But, um, but you know, it, it's just, it's really interesting how it's like, that was the, that seemed to be the big thing, the big general thing that was taken away from this game by more mainstream media outlets was like this large vampire lady you know like Mm -hmm. never mind the like fun and inventive gameplay that's actually kind of like between this and the previous game like actually you know right recreated the same atmosphere but also improved it in so many ways and like you know it just actually feels like a successful sequel to like if you just think of number seven and number eight together and all the other aspects of this game that make it incredible so um but anyway
0: yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it started pre the game being out. So that was a lot. Mm-hmm. of the, No one had played it yet. Um, mm-hmm. It was even before demos and stuff. So then the demos arrive or whatever. And, and, and then it, all of a sudden, it was a thing. So people knew they could get clicks by saying something or showing something with mm-hmm. her. And, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, I've heard some people say that Capcom probably feels bummed that they didn't utilize her more because it just in the way that she was shown it was it was a very prominent um it's like maybe this is the villain Mm -hmm. and then clearly wasn't and it's like man we missed out on um taking advantage of that and having her be the final baddie or whatever
3: well they've got some dlc coming out i'm sure that they have listened to a lot of people on the internet and We'll try and figure something out to add in. Oh no,
0: we're about to watch some ammo. Yeah, no. Oh, no. Uh, oh boy. Hey. Oh god. Uh,
1: Hi, John. Hi.
0: Too much ammunition. Ah. <laughs> so you're just, now you're torturing the thing. Yeah, so I that, know, I know.
3: So I will admit, this is what I did too. Like, why would you give up <laughs> precious ammo when you could yep, just. Yeah,
0: I like, fine.
3: <laughs>
0: oh, See, like, you were <laughs>
3: One uh, round. One yeah. round, though, yeah. Okay. But I'm out you just had to the torch room before that one round, but okay. Mm. <laughs> but it's just, I, I just kind of found it funny. Like, of course, in number four, like, you, you can shoot, like, um,
0: chickens
3: and fish, and they drop stuff for health. Um, but for some reason in this game, like it just seems so overly brutal to me, like Mm -hmm. (laughs) in order to play this efficiently I have to knife this poor guy over and over, and it's like why am I okay with just murdering all this entire village but when it comes to stabbing some ham, like that's where I yeah, it's
2: like no, that's
0: that's like according to the Duke
1: yeah. yeah, that's like always a problem I've had, like I always remember um, watching The Patriot for the first time, and like it's like the big epic battle between Mel Gibson and uh, Jason Isaacs, and like they're go- they're going for it, and all of a sudden Mel Gibson uses the flag to stab Jason Isaacs' horse, and I'm sitting there like, no, yeah.
3: horsey,
1: like you know, like never yeah. mind that Jason Isaacs is like a child murderer. And, yeah. you know, like, he's got yeah. to be taken down. Yeah, I'm by just sitting there the like horse is a is it child murdering horse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but no, like, you know, I should be like, well, whatever it takes to, you know, take him down. But I'm sitting there just like horsey, like, mm-hmm. you know. I don't yeah. know. There's there is something about like murdering animals in either games or movies. That it just like seems so much more egregious.
0: Well, at least it's not, it isn't in this just for like coin or something like that, you know? You're right, you are, although you can, yeah, you, yeah, can, you can
1: sell it too,
3: yeah. So, I also had a theory possibly while I was watching Shane play of like, if everybody in this village either died or got turned into something, what if all these pigs and chickens and stuff were
1: zombie some, pigs and chickens, some,
3: some villagers that just accidentally got changed into normal animals like. yeah by the through the moreau experiments right yeah yeah who yeah. knows
1: his, yeah his were very simplistic
0: could be
4: i, I believe it, it that, that's canon in my mind now that's great yeah, I love that. <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: <laughs> for some reason that makes me feel better about murdering all of them because then i'm putting them out of their misery rather than like this pig was finally free, and then I came along and decided...
1: <laughs> escaped all the lichens.
3: Yeah, <laughs> and you
1: just <laughs> knifed it.
0: Well, I have to make the the like callouts. I guess that um, playing on PS Five, I did like the the you know the controller. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, it's not doing much or whatever different. And then all of a sudden, I got the sniper rifle. And oh, it was a lot harder to pull to aim down sights. Yeah. Uh, for the sniper rifle. So like Why is you that? try to well, it would it adjusts the tensions in the in the triggers. Oh so they just make it more difficult and change it up varying on the weapon. Mm, so when awesome. you would aim down sight with a sniper, yeah, it would it would have a lot more resistance to the pull uh, yeah. versus something else. So that's cool. I liked I liked that addition and it never it never got old. Uh, in the game to have that little bit of extra something.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So um, I, I, I don't know if it's a good idea to show video during the podcast because I get distracted not no, terrible gameplay. <laughs> so
3: I, I was going to give you kudos for finding this because I totally yeah. missed this
0: section. Oh, really? You didn't kill this guy? Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't either. I didn't I miss the...
1: it, but I didn't have time to do it.
0: Oh, oh interesting. Okay, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, there was a lot of ring around the Rosie with him, but uh, yeah, I yeah, know it was. Did you, you and you had already done the previous fight with him
4: too at that grave site, John, or was this the first time you ran into this guy?
0: Um, I think this is the first time, actually, so maybe I missed a different thing. Oh, okay.
1: So you didn't go yeah. place like a, a headstone and piece it back together?
0: The grave at the bottom of the uh dollhouse? Elevator. The garden,
1: yeah.
0: That doesn't sound familiar, no. Oh, okay. All I, right. I would, I would say that one was a well,
4: I guess it didn't have the bat bat people in it, but that one was a little more intense, I felt like it was a smaller area.
1: Right. Yeah. But it was
4: still this the is... same idea. You were still ring around the rosing with this
0: guy. Just uh yep.
4: mm-hmm.
0: huh. Well, this time he he actually dies. He didn't he didn't die in the last one. How did how did it end?
3: No, he dies know, in the other he way. I think it's
0: just yeah. The, yeah. Oh, he dies both. There's,
3: guys. there's two of them. Yep. This,
0: oh, okay.
3: this guy's got a different, or maybe he's got the same weapon. In my picture. But.
0: They were yeah. twins. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, what did you all think of the Chris? What did you think of Chris Redfield?
5: Oh boy. What didn't <laughs> think of him?
0: Yeah, well, I don't know. I question, mean, <laughs> my comment in in my notes of what a dick is definitely about Chris Redfield. Oh, okay, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Yeah, like, I mean, how many times are you gonna t- yeah. blow the opportunity to like fill me in, right, and like work together on this? Yeah, yeah. Right. You're, you're, you're already like Ethan's already yeah. here, Chris. Just tell him what the hell is going on. It's not like he's
4: gonna right. go home now. Like, oh, okay. Jesus. Yell at me. I'll just go home. Like. Right.
1: I'll just leave my daughter. It's fine.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to trust the guy who gunned down my wife in front of me and stole my baby that everything, like I shouldn't be. Right.
0: Here. Yeah. Right. No, I, I was very, very frustrated with him. And then I didn't in the, my least enjoyable part of the game was definitely when I Playing? took over as him. Yeah. yeah. That did not need to be in the game in my book. Um, it An just give you ha- the best weapons that they could have borrowed you earlier in the game. You know, you're just stacked. It's It literally is. So if you're talking about homages to different horror games, that is the like rail on rail yeah, shooter no. kind of arcade thing. Like, I think uh, that yeah. was
4: the that was the that was the nod to the Chris Redfield action, you know, elements of the fifth and sixth games where it was just like really heavy gunplay and like there wasn't yeah. no any to conserving ammunition and like it was just right blast the bad guys in the
3: face with your ha- high-powered weapon right i love i love the concept of it of like you're always out of ammo in this game and then at some point they're like screw it what if you just had all the and you just got to the whale on these guys and right. i'm glad that it was short but that was my least favorite part of like it wasn't as satisfying as you would hope it would be to finally, like, have something to completely unload on them. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Especially fighting the other um, guy, the other werewolf guy, in the smallest space possible. Yeah. I,
2: mm-hmm.
5: Wow.
3: I, I absolutely hated that part. I'm like, who played this? and it was like, this is good. Let's put this in the game.
1: Well, I'm like, let's shine that, like I a guess, flashlight but... on this guy to like kill him. I don't know. I just didn't appreciate like that my my ultimate weapon was just like, let me shine a light on somebody,
2: yeah,
0: like
1: and like have my team who I can't see come in and yeah. just you know
0: <laughs> shoot him from above, oh for right the... oh, targeting thing, yeah, okay, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it made se- it made sense, like when I was outside and, you know, you're like trying to get this whole like mutated mold out of the area. Like you couldn't do that one person by yourself. But like, mm-hmm. I really can't take on this one werewolf guy without some backup. I don't yeah. know. I just felt strange.
4: It was. Yeah. Strange. And Ethan had just done the same thing with like less firepower.
1: Right. With like a <laughs> yeah. pistol.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So here's my main poo poos about the Chris character in this. Sure. Number one, he's not the Chris that I've come to know and love. Like of course there's the whole thing of like they kind of redid the art style between seven and eight and right. and, and six all leading all the way up to that. Um so first of all, he didn't look anything like Chris, which is mm-hmm. fine. I can get over that if you know, if you're trying to do something But then the other thing was, like, he was acting so much unlike what I know of Chris. Mm -hmm. And they used the voice actor of uh, the sidekick guy in the number three remake. So I'm so used Mm -hmm. to... What's his name? Is it Carlos? Oh, Um, I know who you mean now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so I'm so used to... Because I played that game so many times, like hearing him as Carlos, and then all of a sudden he's Chris Redfield. That's so then weird. I thought the whole thing of them, like, setting him up, I knew it, like, there's something where, like, Chris can't be bad. Like, this right. can't be right. true. Right. So then the fact that they changed him so much and threw in a different voice actor, I was thinking, like, is this a weird, like, clone of Chris or somebody who's right. pretending sure. to be Chris but isn't? And so then that was kind of, like muddy well, waters of what I was trying to figure out. That you were close. Good.
1: You were close. Just the wrong person.
3: Yeah. We'll say, exactly. Uh, in there <laughs> So it was a good misdirect, I guess, if they were trying that. But I that just kinda threw me off. And yeah. then at the end I just had to like when I finally realized like, okay, this is the Chris that has always been around, like it was kinda hard for me to like come to terms with that while still trying to unfold the rest of the story and like, okay. I mean, I'll get over it. I'm I'm not one to dwell on things and be like, this really fit for me. Yeah, but, right. Um, that, that really threw me off because I, I mean, maybe there's a reason why, but I just felt like it was so weird that they decided to switch up the voice actor. Like, yeah. that, that guy had been Chris forever. It was kind of like when Ironside, Michael Ironside, decided to not do, like, Splinter Cell.
2: Mm-hmm. And they brought
3: in another guy. It was like, that's just and then they changed kind of the character so it, like it didn't feel like the character that you have come to know over the past so many games. Right. But there's my little rant and I'll I'll leave it at that cuz it's not that big of a deal, but it was something that throughout the game was yeah, very distracting.
4: I've got a lot of problems with Chris Redfield, but I he's my boy, you know? Like I mean, he's been here from day 1. <laughs> He is I'm sorry. he is the protagonist of Resident the Resident Wow series. I mean, wow. I feel like old. him and Kennedy are old. Are like right up there, yeah. but Leon Kennedy yeah. didn't, didn't until the second game, where was he in number number one? you know, like Chris has been in every single one or at least like an extension of him has
0: well, I think I think it's Chris and Jill, but I think Leon's taken the the popular vote. In since four, since four, no one's mm-hmm. taken back the he's the hot I mean, model, make, yes. When the they make movies, stars Leon, you know, yeah, like, yeah.
4: So, I don't, yeah, I think Jill could have maybe been more of a main character, but for I don't know, who knows, whatever reasons that they've kind of gone down the Redfield path, but right, like, I, I feel like they keep like Jill pops up as a fan favorite. Because mm-hmm. that's what they do in this series is they have the same characters that people like keep coming back, yeah, but right. i I still think that Chris is the one that sort of has is sort of the glue that holds all of the narrative elements sort of together, and like without him, you sure. don't really have your central character, I think, and even though he like in number seven, yeah, he's just in a final scene, and it's not really him. it's like some other mm-hmm. dude that kind of maybe like him,
3: like his long lost cousin or something like that, but yeah. yeah. Um, I will say that Chris definitely is a driving force in terms of, like, ever since number one, he's been actively fighting against Umbrella and all the, basically, the branches that have come out from that. Whereas, like, Leon Kennedy has been, like, in almost all of his games, just, like, thrust into those situations. Sure. He's he's doing yeah. his job for something else, and all of a sudden he's, right. like, stuck Finds in himself. the middle of it again.
1: Yeah.
0: It always yep. struck me as a little whiny, you know? Wow, you're gonna get hate. I mean, if people see wow. this, you're gonna <laughs> fan girls after you. Come find, come find me.
3: <laughs> well, you doxed yourself at the beginning, telling everybody where you live. So, oh yeah. Did, well, good thing I'm not on the. Uh, I am
4: on some social media still, but I don't really give a crap if they do anything to those. So, yeah.
0: Just don't touch it's- my
4: cryptocurrencies. <laughs>
0: What don't, don't touch your cryptocurrencies is that we just said? Yeah, okay.
4: No, I don't have any right. cryptocurrency, so don't even bark up that tree. <laughs>
0: um, All right. yeah, so I don't know. Yeah,
3: I'm gonna make well, some Leon let's... coin, and you can't have any.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, umbrella coin. I like umbrella coin. Ooh, I mean, it's a little too. mystique there, it's like uh, yeah, it feels well backed. You know? Yeah, you might go
3: to jail for backing. Them evil corporation
0: <laughs> i don't know umbrella coin someone make it happen yeah does <laughs> anybody have any like favorite um like really stand out favorite moments or favorite boss battles or anything like that honestly Wait. the the
3: boss battles didn't really stand out to me no um
1: I, like, I thought there were, like, cool elements to each of them. Um, you know, like, I really enjoyed the creepiness factor of, like, the Beneviento house mm-hmm. and that battle. Like, that was just, like, some horror elements. Um, I loved, I really didn't love, like, going through Heisenberg's factory and, like, all the things that, like, led up to the Heisenberg battle. But I loved, like, driving that tank around <laughs> like or like that bulldozer slash tank thing hybrid that Chris made. Um, and like being thrown up in the air and like having to like climb onto that and shoot Heisenberg. Like, I don't know. There was something like cool about that visual, like and that style and that moment of the battle that was like, whoa. Um, so there was there were fun elements to like the different battles, but like I don't know. I didn't ever think like the boss battle was something I was looking forward to. It was always like the exploration of the area more fun mm-hmm. to me. I,
4: agree. I think my my favorite element of the entire game is something that I've always liked that has shown up through many of the games, which is when the Lady Dimitres comes in. Like the, I think we're looking at it right now. The first time mm-hmm. she walks through the door and she enters, yeah, the, the kind of the pursuer. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like, like they had that in well, I think it originally was in the original um Resident Evil Two, although in the remake they redid it really well, where they had the Mr. X character actually mm. pursuing you around the right police yeah. state, mm-hmm. whereas mm-hmm. originally you just kind of popped up in different sets, but um but yeah i I've since they've done that, they've had like an a bit an element of that where like there's a big character that's chasing you unstoppable character that's chasing nemesis yep yeah. mm-hmm. and you hear their you know feet clomping on the ground or their high heels walking across the floor or whatever and it's
1: mm-hmm. just uh creepy. S- speaking of like the baby fetus monster oh yeah like in in the benaviento house like holy woo, yep. that was like scarier to me than any of the bosses
3: oh yeah for sure the thing is, I entered that room where they've got the cupboard that you can go into, and I've yeah. played in Alien Isolation, and as soon as I opened it up and realized you could go into that, I'm like, oh, no, there's going to be some section of, like, some kind of nasty thing coming after me, and I'm just going to be freaking out in this closet here.
1: Right? Or, like, hiding under the bed. just like, Oh, yeah. God, uh. you have to wait. Yep. Yep. It's, uh, Yeah. That that house was just like super creepy and amazing, especially yeah. because like yeah. you play like 80% of it in the dark.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that was I mean, though, it was definitely the scariest. I think that was the stand. It was the standout moment for me. It was was that whole thing. I mean, I go mm-hmm. in and first like I remember one moment seeing a doll on the ground. I'm like, that's the doll. I that I'm pretty sure that's the doll she uses. When I come back, that's going to be gone. Sure enough, I come back. The doll's <laughs> not there anymore. Um, it's those moments. It's the it's the mannequin all of a sudden is gone and it's yep. just bloodstains on the table. Yeah like, that whole scene, that, that whole sequence was very good, very mm-hmm. tense. Um, I think that was the standout standout of the game. And it was like it it ramped up sufficiently because I definitely had moments where I'm like, Okay, get to the Duke. Get to the Duke in in the castle. You know, Yeah. he's chasing me. I'm just yeah. like, you can't come in this door. You know, yep. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, uh, it it ramped up well to 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 the dollhouse, and I think that was where it. Um, though I had a lot of fun later, I think it, the game peaked there, honestly. So yeah,
1: in terms of horror, I would agree. In mm-hmm. terms of like, like gameplay and like challenging puzzles and like challenging elements like i still think there were there were fun challenges ahead like running around like the swamp land of morose and trying to like get all the bridges and the up and mm-hmm. yeah all that kind of stuff was just like oh man this is tough yeah so. i liked
0: finding finding the goats i, yep. I really liked the duke character i love the little callback. Yeah. the what are you buying for one time? Mm-hmm. I know a guy, you know. Yeah. That was great. Uh, he he I was wasn't... originally
3: going to be one of the lords when they were first designing. Ooh. But then I think they just kind of fell know out that. with that stuff and were like, we want to use this guy.
0: Yeah. Here we go. He was my favorite character, honestly. I really liked him. Uh, except for, like, the character design of, like, the transformed Miranda I thought sure. the final boss battle, um, though not necessarily super amazing, was, um, I thought she looked really cool in her various transform transformed states.
3: Yeah. That kind of made up for the lack of, like, interesting, like, because it was just mm-hmm. dodge, hide, shoot, 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 whatever. Yep. But I thought the stages and the designs of her are mm-hmm. what made that one stick with me compared to all yep. the other just... Run and gun, bullet sponge bosses.
0: Yep. After the after the game, I used some of my points or whatever to buy some of the different art things. I definitely bought all the Miranda ones to like look at. Oh, nice. I yeah, they're really cool. Yeah, really cool.
3: that's another thing that I love that they've put in almost every, if not every, Resident Evil game. Of like, they put all this work into like making these cool models and character designs. Like.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: let
3: you actually zoom in look at them and see all the work that they put into it. I love that. Yep. Right. Yep.
4: So I have a question. Okay.
0: Oh yeah, go for it.
4: So you see this picture that Ellen put up here with the uh with the size yes. start.
0: Who yes. We're obs-
1: we're obsessed with height on this podcast. Yeah.
4: Who would win in a fight? Um the Nemesis or Lady Lady D?
5: Ooh. Um I mean
3: Nemesis took quite a bit yeah. to die. Yeah. But I, mean, I don't know.
4: That is true. You didn't kill him until you had like a rail gun, right? Like a Yeah, because like every time you kill team.
3: him he'd somehow that would like transform him more to evolve just to survive the
0: last beating he took. I don't know. Right. Yeah. That seems fair. You just need like Sunshine and some normal everyday guns to Cold kill. Cold
1: air. <laughs> <Needy-deedy>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
0: Fair enough. All right. The clear <laughs> winner is Nemesis, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but good question, nonetheless. So that, though, that yeah. fall
1: through the castle was pretty cool.
0: Once you defeated her. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That was yeah.
3: good. Mm-hmm. Here's an interesting thing that I still don't really understand why they did. Um, Ethan just never has a face. Like, why did they never Mm. want you to see his face no matter what? Like, even when they pull out at the end during the cutscene and stuff, like, it's all in shadow. Yeah, he's, like, hunched
1: forward. And
3: and yeah, I don't know if they're trying to do the Master Chief thing where, like, everyone can connect with him because you never see what he looks like. Or,
0: yeah, I mean, I understand that, when, you know, when you're playing an RPG or something, you know, you, you are supposed to be you more, but you are mm-hmm. playing Ethan Winters. He has yeah. a wife and a daughter and a story, you know, a story and everything. Mm-hmm. So right. I don't. Yeah, I don't see the benefit. You know, it had to be something that came along with, OK, we're doing this in first person, like an initial thing. And then they just. Stuck with it, but yeah, as you develop Ethan Winters' story, I don't see the point. I don't think we're going to see him again.
1: I think well, we are. We're just not going to maybe. Oh yeah, am I? Well, am I like spoiling? Spoiling?
3: Oh, I mean, we got giant... spoiling
1: the spoilers.
3: spoilers up there, so
1: I know. I'm just like, what's? I the don't spoil? know.
3: What 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 have I not been Like the here?
1: like the post scene,
3: the There's post, post credits. Oh, Shane, have you not been Uh privy to the post scene? What's the post scene? The one with his daughter? Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. Okay. At the very end, they drive (laughs) off, and you see someone walking in the distance up to the car, and the car stops. Yeah. Oh. And a lot of people are like, well, is that Chris? Or are they trying to say that it's Ethan? And I do believe someone did, like, the photo mode unlock zoomed in and saw that it was like a gray-haired Ethan or something like that right uh, Thank uh, you it. Hate, hate it <laughs> uh, I like it I like I
4: like that they didn't show his face and now he's dead and we never have to see that
0: dude again I, it's basically announced that it's going to be an Ethan Winters trilogy this yes. is Ethan Wait, Winters what? story seven yeah. through nine that seems to be the understanding yeah. now that doesn't mean that that doesn't play mean him. that he's alive or we play him in yeah. the next oh, one necessarily. Okay. But it'll still be this story dealing yes. with the fungus and the, like, you know. Okay. So, yeah, I, I, know, I was
3: very excited about the potential of what they were kind of alluding to in that final credit scene. And especially since mm-hmm. they, like, literally slap up a sentence saying the father's story is done. It's like,
0: okay. Right. Right
3: hmm
4: oh okay I see I see what you're saying so we're gonna get another game possibly first person perspective mm-hmm. from somebody else most likely his daughter's perspective
1: yeah or at least and part what of if it if you did a thing where
0: she she has powers but she can't deal with them or can't control them and stuff so they're kind of useless or actually a, a harm early on mm-hmm. and detriment to you getting along. And so you're beefing up as you go, as you right. like unlocking some abilities mm-hmm. that, you know, helps you f- further yourself in the game. Hmm. It'd be different. Like- It'd be very different. Yeah. Yes. But John, I'm an I-
4: executive with Capcom. You're hired. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Undercover boss. All right. Sounds great. Wow. I- yeah. You're not retired at all, liar. <laughs>
3: uh, yeah, I'm very intrigued as to where they'll go with this because, I mean, just the mere thought that you could be playing Rose mm-hmm. and that she is literally a, a walking bioweapon um, yep. is very intriguing what that could open up for gameplay. Now, I don't want them mm-hmm. to go too crazy and turn it into, like, all the other, right. like, superhero games where it's like right you know i can make spikes out of my hands and stab everyone or something mm-hmm. weird i don't know i mean they could have that. whatever they'll figure it out but i'm i'm intrigued to see what they can do with this which is honestly like it's almost like a side branch of
1: mm-hmm.
3: the resident evil series now yeah mm-hmm. but i mean it's, imagine it's mainline. like
1: well and they can do it's anything because i mean we don't ever see they're very deliberate in not saying like what Rose's abilities are. Yeah. Like there's they all everybody in this game like alludes to the fact that like Miranda is so scared and she's so powerful and like Mm -hmm. if she's not the vessel for her daughter then she's the only one who can defeat her and you don't understand her power. But nobody ever says anything about what it is. So Mm -hmm. it's really, really, really open.
4: So just so I'm clear. Rose is the offspring of a piece of mold and a woman.
5: Yes. Who was infected by mold. Right.
4: The meal mo- was infected by
5: mold. Right. Mm-hmm. And Ethan was basically
3: a human mold hybrid. Yep. And then the two were put together in captivity and created. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And and
4: destroying the 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 mold
5: core, what is it called? The Mm megamycete
4: destroyed Ethan. Maybe theoretically, Uh, possibly. the way the way they left it in the the end. the Game.
1: Yes. If you're if you're not counting like mysterious man at the end of the the post, you know Mm -hmm. credits.
4: I guess I'm I'm I've bought it, I'm buying in now. I that was Ethan, I guess, because then how else would Rose still be alive if she was a piece of the mold? Like and he died from the mold being destroyed, why wouldn't then she also die? Mm-hmm. So that means that the mold must still exist and that Ethan still is still human alive. in there. So the, you're it's saying
5: that human, human.
4: is still alive?
1: Or you saying the the human in Rose is still alive.
5: Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah, I suppose it, like, comes down to, like, what sort of ratio, you know, like, means that you can survive, like, the mold. Like, if Ethan's 100% mold at this point, like, he dies with the rest. But because Rose is maybe, like, 50%, she's okay. Or, like, Um, if she... Whereas if if she she was, like, 75% mold, she'd, you know, die too. Like...
0: Yeah. It's like aged cheese, you know? You just <laughs> can't be all mold. You gotta... so, whereas her parents had
3: mold basically like overtake their bodies, she was created she was born, through yeah. it. So like she's a whole another class.
1: Yeah.
3: Beyond everybody else. Like even her, Mother yeah. Miranda. Mm-hmm. So I was always kind of curious of how that worked. Like as soon as Mother Miranda did her thing. And she said something about her losing her power? Yeah. And I, I wasn't quite sure what was going on with that. Like
1: The mold was, like, leaving her?
3: Yeah, like, it found a new host that was far more powerful and was, like, taking away her.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs>
3: <It's always laughs> taking her away
0: puns and the, yeah, okay <laughs>
3: yeah it's it's interesting yep. and I'm, I'm very curious to see where they go especially since now they're opening it up to like here's folklore monsters like there's so many right. fun things they could do with that rather than here's another
0: yep how can we make another game with zombies right new and interesting well and just think you know i, I think bioshock is pretty creepy you know in bioshock you have your own like mutagens you know that you enhance yourself with Mm -hmm. i think you could definitely have a game where you don't feel overpowered that you slowly like unlock your abilities um Mm -hmm. and i don't know but see then doesn't it make it more weird that we don't know ethan's face to bring it back to your original you know point because if we're now we're playing as rose and we know exactly what she looks like it's a like a disconnect from the previous two entries in the trilogy yeah
5: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah like again what's the point or was it just they just didn't think about it basically you know they didn't they may not have thought about it sometimes
4: the 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 narrative between the games just sort of seems like all right yeah wrote ourselves into a corner here. How are we gonna open this back up again? Like, Thanks, right. so here we go. <laughs> and I don't know, it works. It's all right. It's great. Like I think it I again I think it I think it's just the goes back to the whole B movie thing, like you just sort of have fun. Yeah. It.
2: It's
4: creepy. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, um, is anybody we were probably okay there? Alan just gave me a time update. We're at two hours and 30. Is there any (laughs) other comments, other things that we really haven't talked about of this game that uh is that must be said? As only thing I will say, I
3: totally called the old lady, yeah. Yeah, as soon as I met her, I'm like, nah, she's the evil, like (laughs) mistress of it all for Mm -hmm. sure. Nice. No one that creepy who walks that slow is, <laughs> is getting away from all these lichens. But
0: yeah, well, I mean, look at the Duke. He's not moving anywhere too fast, I guess, but he's true. like, he's a very mysterious character to me. Like, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I don't want to know anything more about him, I guess. I like even, the mystery even, of it, but... Even the Duke
4: didn't know what he was.
0: Right? Yeah, that's mm. true.
4: He did say that.
1: Yeah.
2: Hmm.
0: The I the one one thing they could have done in this game that I would have uh I would have really appreciated. There was a perfect opportunity for it. There was a wooden crate almost like chest level. I slashed open. I was waiting for one snake to jump out and bite.
1: Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> one random snake the whole game because every time when I started I'm like doing this and chopping open. opens like there's going to be a snake in one of these. <laughs> and then there clearly wasn't but this is like three cores away through the game it would have been a perfect opportunity to throw one at you yeah <laughs>
4: you know i totally forgot about the snakes and if they had done that that would have just been
3: the cherry See, on top.
4: Perfect. yeah go it's, back.
3: it's such a well-known thing in resident evil that i feel like it did happen yeah. even if it did so i don't
0: <laughs> like you said that you seems like was that snake, didn't happen I I swear there was a snake somewhere. (laughs) Maybe not. If there was, I missed it. I certainly didn't chop any crate with that snake in it. Yeah. God, then they'd be slithering through the
1: water, go knife it, just you bastard.
0: Yep. Yep. All right, everyone. That was Resident Evil Village and general Resident Evil discussion. Um, Please let us know what your thoughts are on Resident Evil, and if you like the game or not. Um, we seem all pretty positive about it, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, That's great. I, four out of five for me. So, um, Does anyone, as we come to the end of the show, does anyone have anything they would like to plug or promote?
4: All right. <laughs> <Crickets>. <laughs> my my, I my had the cricket yeah. sounds. My one-man show at the, the Eau Claire Community Theater.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah, what's that? What do what we are expect real? of
4: the show? Yeah. It's called Me, Myself, and I. And it's me on stage for four hours just hanging out.
0: <laughs> I would go to that. I'll be there. I'll be there. How much are tickets? What Seven million dollars. Yeah, hmm. I might. John's have reconsidering payment plan. <laughs> that I might have that oh, you're that. considering it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hand the dead my children. So
1: and I, can I pay you in like a perfect crystal skull or? No, but mm. Alan makes a good point. I want to
0: be paid in lay. Okay.
1: In lay. Okay. Yeah.
0: The Resident Evil Village currency. I'll get printing that. That can be our. That can be our digital currency lay 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 coin yeah yeah okay um this has been popcast on the rocks episode 65 um we'd like to thank well our guests for both coming here and showing up and offering great conversation
3: and extra thanks to dustin
0: for creating an animation uh for the Uh, episode that's a great little touch that we can we can have and uh never again thank yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Better get working on a Ridley Scott something like Alien Morphs into a do a chest, replicants chest, morphs, chest, chest. okay. Uh, yep. Um, I'd like to thank Killing the Flower for our theme song. You can check them out on Spotify, YouTube, and Instagram. Uh, we do this once a week. We're going to be covering Loki and Habs soon um yeah and much more to come so thanks everybody for tuning in please follow like share everywhere that's applicable um and we'll see you next time
1: sounds good cheers everybody
0: cheers cheers